Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Masters Thursday, April 6th, 2023. The sports program starts now. Augusta! Georgia is the host of the 89th Masters Golf Tournament, Masters of Golf Tournament, taking place right now at Masters.com. That's the only place you can watch it. Mm -hmm. That's the only place you can see Tiger Woods in action. That's the only place you can see... Got a hat. Nice. How we do? You can see this hat in a couple different places. Not at the merch store, currently at the Masters Tournament, but you understand what I'm saying. Uh, a little bit of a good... It is awesome what yeah. this Masters Tournament does for the entire world, pretty much. And I started looking into it a little bit. They have international TV deals, obviously, and Ooh. I think they're up maybe every... I, I don't know how the deals work, but they're everywhere. This is a tournament that at one point was an actual point event for, like, the Japanese Golf Tour, the European Golf Tour, right. the PGA right. Tour, right. everything, and it was invitation only. So, literally, the world's greatest golfers would travel to Augusta, Georgia, a place that I don't think would ever have any visitors if it was not for the Masters. No (laughs) offense to Augusta, Georgia. It has obviously been built up in a beautiful place and all of that, but it takes over everything. Everybody's talking about the Masters right now. We started thinking about what are we going to talk about today? And there's obviously some stories coming out of the Cam Newton camp and the Cam Newton YouTube where he has agreed to be a backup for quarterbacks in the NFL, and he listed them out. Uh Some of them haven't even really played football in the NFL. He said, I'll be a backup to them. Very humble-sounding Cam Newton. We'll talk about that for sure. There's more Lamar Jackson conversation that could be had. Michael Lombardi will be joining us, former general manager in the NFL and advisor in the NFL, and he's a Super Bowl champion and everything like that. I assume we're just going to talk about the Masters. Yeah, probably. I assume that's going to be the case. And then here in about 25 minutes or so, we're having our first ever conversation with – Chris Solomon, Solly, okay. from the No Laying Up podcast. Sure. Uh, we put out a little tweet bird call this morning and said, hey, our golf Rolodex, not that thick. We do have the tour junkies, folks, that come on Hammer Dine with Tone Diggs and Gumpy in them. But they were on a flight, didn't get our text or our call whenever we were looking out. And the show's about to start. We need a golf person to come on the program on this Masters Thursday. I, I started looking into this Chris Solomon guy. This dude's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. beast. Hey, this is a cool group of dudes over oh, there yeah. at the No Laying Up podcast. Very thankful that Chris is going to make time for us today. And then we'll be answering some phone calls on the 500 phone line. one 833 nope, 4323-663, Should be a good one. A lot of shit to talk about. There's stuff going on with the Arizona Cardinals operation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill basically gave an expiration date on his career. Wild. We've learned a lot of things, and we'll be talking about it all. The Toxic Tables here at Boston Connor. At Ty Schmidt. Ty, John Deere fit for Masters. Uh, well, how, you look fantastic, pal. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, at this point of the year, I just kind of feel like some people have maybe forgot that nothing runs like a deer. Uh, and I saw it today, and I just said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to I'm gonna put this on. Weather's beautiful out there. We're probably going to see several deers rolling up and down the fairways at yep. Augusta. Um, it just, you know, yeah, it's, it's a spring fit. Today, I mean, it kind of feels like spring has sprung a little bit. The weather down there is beautiful. But, yeah, it just every once in a while you kind of get the feel that, hey, maybe people have forgot that nothing runs like a deer. So I'm just here to kind of remind everybody. I think that is an Iowa mindset. I'm from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever woke up and been like, you know what? Feels like motherfuckers forgot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. John so I'm happy that you're exactly. out there doing it, especially because when you turn on this golf tournament, the grass is so green. Oh, Pristine. my God. So green. 
So oh, well manicured. So beautiful. A lot of deers on that course. A lot of humans out there, too. Patrons, sorry. I, uh, I believe I misdescribed the people walking the course. Also on stage with us, a man who has a locker in the Thunderdome, member of the team. Lucky for it because he's a 14-year NFL corner. Ladies and gentlemen, Pac-Man Jones. Yeah, yeah, Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Pac, it's hard not to just talk about the Masters when it's happening. It feels like the whole world stops for it. I totally agree. Look at that, man. It's a lot of money right there. There's a, yeah. a lot of money on that A lot that of course. money right there. Unbelievable event. Um, can't wait to get out there. I need to. You gonna go? Yeah. Listen, oh, that yeah. that would be a uh, that would be a golf dream. I do believe for a lot of people, right? To get a chance to get out there and golf at Augusta National. Oh, you know, get a chance to kind of go play down yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That is. Uh, I have uh, whoa. No, oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. Slow it down. Is, uh, let's not get it. You definitely have your bucket list. You have never sure. heard me say it, but if you were to play on that course, I think you'd be pretty pumped up about it. You start doing some history on the whole thing, and, you know, they obviously Eisenhower, who, Dwight. pretty notable name here mm-hmm. in the United States of America, had a residence there. I believe there's still some of his booze on the okay. property. Is that right? That he potentially Dwight's drinks. Yeah, yeah, and this is, you know, Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts are the two founders of Augusta Bobby Golf Jones Club. Bobby Jones was an absolute dog. Uh, Cliff Roberts, I do believe, was a member of Eisenhower's like financial council whenever he was in power. So it, it's uh, it runs deep. The history uh-huh. does. Mm. It's a beautiful place. We'll keep everybody updated as it's going. Tiger Woods. He was tied for 25th before we won live. He's not tied. Yeah, for rough start. Yeah, he's he's plus yeah. three now, I he's believe. Plus three now, yeah. He's in and out. He keeps cupping everything. Goes yeah. in, comes right back out. Made the cut 22 straight times, I believe. 21 straight times. Let's hope. Let's hope. I was just told that we had an audio issue. Uh, I don't know. what you, People couldn't hear us whenever we started. It was mismatched with the mouth. Oh. Oh, so we sounded like a lip-dubbed show? Oh, oh no. glitch. Let's see if it gets back into it. Problem. Hell yeah. <laughs> What's that? You would hope I would get figured out. That's a. I think that's the thing about our yeah. show. Pretty big deal with YouTube shows. I, it's hard to watch it all without seeing the <laughs> sound at the same time. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching something, you might. TV, you know, you're. Be. Changing the channel. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> very annoying to kind of not be able to read the non-communication happening. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go. Yep, yep. All right, serious. so allegedly we're back. I have no idea how that happens, but it's been an incredible start to the Masters. I believe Hovland is doing yep. pretty good. Shoffley buried some putts. Tiger Woods is starting a little rough. Uh, John Rahm had four putts on the first hole to yep. kind of start yep. off slowly. Who's the leader right now, Tone? Tom Young. Uh, I believe he came second last year in the Cam Smith, Rory, and him duel at the Open. Ooh. Uh, that's where people, he's young on the tour. Cam Young, uh, not just last name, actuality of his age, sponsored Mm -hmm. by Major League Baseball. That's right. So cool. Growing up, Rob Manfred, who is the commissioner of the MLB, was in the same golf club as him. So when he turned pro, they agreed the MLB would be one of his first sponsors. Mm -hmm. So now he gets free uh, tickets to any baseball park in the country. That's right. And he's leading the Masters, and right on his fucking arm, it says MLB. Good for Major League Baseball. Yeah, Yeah, MLB's having not a bad week. Not bad at all. Changing the 
the rules to make okay, it a little bit more entertaining and exciting. You know, the World Baseball Classic leading into the league. And then Mike Greenberg comes on this show. He's like, Rob Manfred, single-handedly made the game better. This yeah. guy is a genius. Give him his and five. then now, bang, the leader at the Masters has MLB. Hey, they're on top of the world right now. Hey, baseball hey, has hey, never been more back. Good for baseball. You guys are getting seen whenever golf is taking place on the biggest stage. That's a real deal. We'll keep everybody updated as it continues to roll. At Masters.com is where you can watch yeah. it from now until 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then Scott Van Pelt picks up the coverage on ESPN. And then I believe ESPN has tomorrow, or is it the same way as this? Same 3 to 7 tomorrow. I believe the same schedule. And then CBS, uh, I believe, with Jim Nance, picks it up on the weekend if I'm not. they got to be making so much money off their website oh my god certainly have to be just mandatory have to go to our website to do it. and everybody's like yeah you're right that's smart we will yeah i wonder how many <laughs> you got it and they don't charge about. anything for like the app either no. which is crazy because you know i think people download it today and then delete it after the tournament's over on sunday like if they charged you know five nine four ninety nine or whatever like everyone would still buy it it's uh, the viewing experience like you can, you can pick whoever you want to watch on there like you know i mean on the tv copy it's just kind of whoever they're showing you like if there's a guy you want to watch you can watch his entire round on the website the feature groups one is always good i, I mean tiger going out with anybody is going to be watched yep. but both guys he was golfing with were playing well early <laughs> yeah. so that's obviously good for viewership on the app john rom is going to be a name that people are going to watch he just lined up for a long birdie by rules and by was that uh, with the grain or against the grain? That'll be a question that <laughs> sure. he will have to be asking throughout the weekend. Let's talk about some stuff going on around the NFL. Cam Newton uh, on his YouTube page basically listed off every team that he'd be willing to be a backup quarterback for. Okay. I don't know if he expected to do that in the particular program, but it is him coming out and saying, like, everybody who might have questions on whether or not I could be a backup quarterback or would want to be a backup quarterback because Cam Newton is like a type A personality, obviously has had a lot of success, and people gravitate to him. So it could be tough to kind of have that transition of power to being the backup with the entire locker room as opposed to being the starter where everybody is kind of, you know, looking to you for the answers. Here's Cam Newton at his YouTube.com forward slash Cam Newton. I don't know what the show is called, but I do know the backdrop fucking sweet and the hat is electrifying. Here's Cam Newton at his YouTube page addressing the topic of being a backup quarterback. I know a lot of people have a lot of things to say in regards to my future in the NFL. And I wanted to set the record straight Hell yeah. by saying, this is how I feel. There ain't 32 guys that's better than me. But I also know wow. that I could also be a backup. And I'm willing to be a backup. Players is. that I will back up. Here we go. Number one, I'll back up Deshaun Watson. It goes without saying, me and Deshaun Watson's relationship uh, he was on my 707 nice All-Star team. I've grown to admire the person, oh, okay. the athlete that he is, going through a lot of turmoil. Uh, oh. But I believe that doesn't oh, – no, that, yeah. that's behind him. Okay. My yeah, number yeah, two person would be wherever Lamar Jackson decides listen. to go. Uh, number three will be Justin Fields. Uh, another C1M product. Okay. Um, number four will be Tua Tonga Baloa. Um, Mike White, but number five will be Malik Willis, another C1N. He's not the starter. Uh, All star. He's young, though. He's here. And I would say there's three rookie quarterbacks that I would love or enjoy to groom. Any of these rookie quarterbacks CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. Okay. 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 Any one of those guys, I would be happy with. Bill Levin. Why not Will Levin? Yeah. Um, well, one of those guys number seven, Jalen Hurts. Oh, 
Cowboys. Uh, okay. Number eight would be Aaron Rodgers. Hell yeah. Of course. Of course. Number Boy, nine would be Josh Allen. Okay. Makes sense. And number 10 would be Sam Howell, another oh, C1N wow. uh, alumni. Wow. But when you think about the list, it's, it's really to the point. Now, some of those guys may already have yes, penciled no. in backups that the franchise is probably okay with, and that's fine. That's I'm just voicing my opinion, okay. and I'm just getting the narrative out. Okay. All right, okay. All right Cam. All right, Cam. There's a couple in there that obviously drew some reaction from the room immediately upon saying it. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that he is Cam Newton. This is a massive step for him to take publicly, uh-huh. I think, personally. I do also like that he uh, said another CYN, another CYN. Yep. Yeah, the league that we kind of put together. Yep, we got a bunch of guys in the pros right now. We'd love to work with them. He talked about grooming, which is a fascinating word because I wonder if places would be like, yeah, we want our guys to be like that. Fascinating kind of proposition out there. Pac-Man, you were going to say something in the middle. He was not yet done with the whole list. We want to make sure we got that entire thing out there, especially from we like the fact of Cam Newton's going to continue to make iconic saga productions mm-hmm. is a great. He has a great content. Unreal. He, he makes great content. So I'm yeah. happy that that happened and shot to him for that. What were you going to talk about? I was going to say this is this big news. I'm, I'm proud of Cam for putting this out like. The big word of the day, put your pride to the side and let's ride. Like, if you really, you really want to play, mm-hmm. he say he still want to play. Obviously, we can tell that he still want to play. The guys that he named, um, a lot of those guys he do have relationships with. Um, I love the Carolina. Carolina is picking a, a, one of these quarterbacks real early. I think he can groom and one of those, and one of those guys that go there. And he already have a relationship there with the owner. Um, and he just came out and said public, like, he don't mind being a backup. Yeah, and I like the yeah. Cleveland. I like Cleveland. He fit that that scheme. Um, I think he can be a good backup there, too. But I like this. This shows us that Cam really want to play football. He putting his fucking pride to the side and saying, hey, I want to play football. I'm not trying to be a distraction. I don't mind being a number two. Distraction. So, yep. yeah, distraction. That was pretty good. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I was actually excited to see how you would work it in the middle of a word. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And you did it impeccably, yeah, obviously. Perfect. And I like that. You're right. This is massive news because as soon as we heard he was throwing at Auburn again, and then he said that there ain't 32 motherfuckers better than me, yeah. we're like, all right, so Cam is going to have to be a starter if he goes to a place in his mind. And I assume a lot of places assume that that would be the only way to get a deal done. Now he kind of at least opens up a convo for a team to think about, okay, like, hey, you know what he said about the little promo he cut for Deshaun? I think that's yeah, immediately sure. going to get some people to stop listening. You know, mm-hmm, I think right? just because, not because of Cam, but no. because of everything yeah. that happened that was very real, mm-hmm. very serious very in that loud. particular department. But with, to his point, great O-line. They run the ball really well. Mm-hmm. If Deshaun gets hurt, which could potentially happen yep. with that style of football, mm-hmm. and he had a year off, we don't know what Deshaun is going to be fully. I guess towards the end of the year, he was much better last year than he was at the beginning whenever he looked – when he came back in, it was not great. Not the same. No. It was like, all right, $230 million. Is this guy even good anymore? We shall see. So that's not a bad bad idea. You think anybody takes a shot on him, Connor? Uh, I don't know if anyone takes a shot on him because obviously his work ethic, like that's not in question, especially when he was in New England. Like the entire conversation was, hey, he's the first guy in, first guy out, great attitude the entire time. But you've talked about backup quarterback jobs before. Like it's not just like, okay, yeah, you're there to maybe come in if the main guy gets hurt. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes with it, with breaking down film, with doing all those things. And I don't know, has he ever really done that for an 
entire season before? Like, is that something where, hey, yeah, you're a great quarterback. You could probably come in and be very serviceable, and you probably are one of the top 64 if we're going one and two in the league. But also, if you've never done that whole entire backup role, can you also do all those things that go with it? I think the big question is, what is his throwing motion? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, we can all yeah. see you know, like old Cam, mm-hmm. new Cam. That shoulder thing that happened, I think, had a lot of people worried. So that combine workout, big deal. Like, uh, or the pro day workout the other day, big deal to see yeah. if the guy is back to throwing shape that he was before he potentially was playing at New England yeah. when he was missing some things. Because he had what, like that hitch in his, yeah. mm-hmm. it was like a whoom, and then, yeah, you caught it. You had it. I knew you had it. That boy packed. Yeah. 10 and 10. Throw the ball, Patrick. Iowa Hawkeye pen it down. Throw the ball. Hey, that was a great catch out of you. Hey, hey, you need on. to be proud of yourself. This is a great football. But like Cam mentioned, uh, Cam Newton mentioned it was a pick six where he dove yeah. at the at the line and he like yeah did he stretch out and his shoulder? I think he landed. Did he land on it like this or like I, I forget exactly what it was. Check ball ball game. Yeah, but like him. Throwing the accuracy is going to be a big conversation. The speed, can he get it? Because there was a couple skippers there with oh, New yeah, England. Uh-huh. And to your point about being a backup quarterback, like you're running the, you know what I mean? The yeah. second team. It's a lot of throwing too. That's a lot of throwing. Like, but throwing not way more than the starting quarterback. I think so too. Yeah. I, I got a chance to throw for a lot of those practices the first couple of years of my career. I'm throwing a lot of balls, a lot of picks, but also you got to put them. Like, it's a lot of throwing, yeah. and it's like a lot of work. You got to be able to make every single throw, though. Not saying that I was. I was, but not saying that <laughs> I was doing that everything. I was throwing a lot of picks whenever I was doing it. But you got to be talented to be a backup quarterback with the arm. Like, I think that is almost a necessity almost for every team because whenever you're playing a quarterback the next week, that is, let's say you're playing Joe Burrow the yeah. next week, mm-hmm. okay? Okay, so your backup quarterback or your third-string quarterback in practice every week, he's trying to be fucking Joe Burrow. Well, what does Joe Burrow have that everybody else doesn't have? Well, he has an ability to read defense really good. Cool, we'll be able to give you cards. What else? Oh, he has pinpoint accuracy. So whenever you're fucking covering him on this particular thing, that isn't that's a that's a completion. Like that type of shit's a big deal. Not mm-hmm. that every backup quarterback has the accuracy of somebody that is a starting quarterback, but having arm talent at that position is another factor in conversating about bringing somebody in your team who's been a starter, who could potentially, if your starter starts playing bad, this is not Cam's fault. Mm-hmm. Not Cam's fault at all. It's just who Cam is. Yep. Mm-hmm. If your starter starts playing bad, you do not need the New York Jets MetLife Stadium, the whole crowd cheering for Strebler and Boo and Zach Wilson the fuck out of there. I mean, it's a delicate balance to figure out who you're bringing into your quarterback room to be a backup because they have to be serviceable all week. Not that Cam wouldn't be. I'm just saying that is a conversation. And also has to be an additive to everything. Nowhere near a distracting thing. And once again, that's not Cam's fault. It just could potentially be who Cam is at this point in life. I was looking at the list, and and I feel like the one that makes potentially the most sense is the Bears and Justin Fields because... I don't think that booing situation to bring Cam in would potentially happen with Justin Fields. And obviously they have a good relationship. I was talking in the locker room. Like what oh, you saw whoa, happen whoa, 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 on whoa. the fans, like yeah. that type of thing happening in a locker room. All the guys like, wearing the shirts while Zach Wilson still oh, there. Oh, wearing like, like all that type of shit, yeah, though. Like I'm just saying, like not let the fans as well, but also like yeah. the sideline being like, mm-hmm. What are we doing? We got fucking Cam Newton here, you yeah. know, and like that's, that's a tough thing to balance. I know, but it, it does balance though, because you got to look at the, the teams and the different names that he said. It, it don't matter how bad uh, Watson play, his ass is a backup. 
he got two hundred and thirty million yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah, so sure. it, that is that's not going to be a distraction. A Rod, it don't matter how bad Aaron Rodgers is playing. Playing. That's true. Mm-hmm. Cam is going to be a fucking backup. Josh Allen. Yeah. It okay. doesn't matter how bad Josh Allen is playing. He's going to be a backup. Um, Jalen Hurts. Doesn't matter how bad Jalen is playing. He's going to be a backup. Agreed. Tua. Still going to be a backup. Uh, so that's the only way Tua lose his position is he, gets he hurt. cannot play. I know, but what if he gets Tua hurt? Is, I'm saying they, they might need him. Then they need a great they backup, and Cam's a great, a great backup. backup. But God damn it, if Cam then starts, and Boom. then that's a whole. No, no. He'd be third Man, Tua, Tua was, had the best numbers out of all these quarterbacks White, on the list. And pick up Mike White. You pick up Mike White or Cam Newton if you're in the Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, two years. In the Miami Dolphins offense. Not, not Mike White. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In the, yeah. in the Miami Dolphins offense. No offense. Mike We're not White. saying Mike White will take yeah. over Cam Newton every single day, every no. single no, offense. He got to fit a different offense. But in that Miami yeah. offense, yeah. like mm-hmm. Mike White mm-hmm. almost, like built for. Not that he's not a mobile quarterback, but it's like Mike White. Accurate. He's a guy Dog. with the arm. Also, like, I know Cam said that, like, he's willing to be a backup, and, like, that's that's good. That's good to know. It's a nice, like, next step. But the first thing he still says is, like, there aren't 32 guys better than me. So if it gets to a point yeah. where he goes to a place and, like, the guy ahead of him maybe isn't playing well, but they're like, hey, we're, we're sticking with him. Like, is he going to be okay with, like, still doing all the backup responsibilities when – in his head, he's thinking like, "Well, this is yeah. bullshit. Like, I'm I'm better than this guy. I should be playing." And isn't it interesting? You always want your backup to prepare like a starter and have yeah. the mindset of a starter, right? But like these, a couple of them names are like his little brothers. Yeah. Like he had these kids, tenth, ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, help them go to college, then getting drafted, having them come back, speak at the C one N events. So like it's it's it's. Deeper than I think uh, some people know. I don't think he would be a distraction. To He could also, to your point, if he knows him that well for that long, mm-hmm. he can say, like, hey, at this moment, you're allowed to go say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you don't want this play in the playbook, <laughs> you're allowed to go say, nah, we ain't doing that. Like, that is what an NFL quarterback does versus what a college quarterback does or a high school quarterback. Like, at this moment, you got to go up to your wide receiver right there and tell him, yep. I need you. At 12 yards. Mm-hmm. That is you. This is what you have to do in the NFL. That's the type of thing that I, and I think I've talked about this before, that I wish like Andrew Luck was able to see Peyton Manning. Not comparing Peyton Manning and Cam Newton. That'd be very disrespectful. I get that. I'm just talking about what veteran quarterbacks have done, experienced, and seen behind the scenes that young guys can't. You become like a CEO almost yeah. of a fucking operation. Billion Especially dollars. Andrew Luck. Like, Andrew, yeah, congratulations. You're 22 years old. There's actually a 40-year-old on this team in Adam Vinatieri, <laughs> but you are the one that is going to make this whole thing go however you want it to go. I wish Andrew would have been able to see Peyton say, like, nah, this guy's staying on the team. Why? Because I like him. Need him. Like, this is a guy that I have a good chemistry yeah. with, and he would help us out. Like, Griff Whalen, for instance. Like, that was his roommate in college. Yeah. I think Andrew didn't want to appear to be any bias or anything. Yeah. But anytime Griff was on the field, Griff was getting the ball in third down for a first down. It was like, yeah. hey, Andrew, you're allowed to go say, hey, this guy's going to be on the fucking field for third downs because I like him. Like, that's the difference between being in the NFL and getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. As opposed to college where the coaches are the dictators pretty much. Yeah. It is overnight situation. And that's the type of thing that Cam could say to a young quarterback and be like, hey, here's where you kind of got to have a bad conversation. You got to go tell your offensive line that like, hey, 
Let's go. We need to be on the same page. We got to do this whole thing together. Don't disrespect them because mm -hmm. we still need them to be on your side. But you're allowed to have a little accountability. They'll respect you more if you do that. It's a fascinating little balance of being an adult and then also being the youngest person on the on the roster. It'd be great if he does view those guys as little brothers and not trying to like overtake them or anything like that. Yeah, that was a big part that I had to learn when I got in the league. Like, hey, you have a lot of say-so in this room. You were the first defensive player pick. And it didn't really dawn on me till I seen Keith Bullock say something to uh, Jim Swartz, which was, our, which was our defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. He called a zero blitz on a third and like 15 and we get in front of the team meeting room and Keith say man why in the hell would you call that call and I'm like well oh so this is how we talk to him <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it clicked and I'm like oh yo we're playing for a livelihood here like mm -hmm. this is our job to get it done and the coaches are just guide, guides they don't get out there and play so you got a lot of say so as a player especially as a quarterback you are the number one uh, spokesman, I should say, um, of anything that goes on in the building. In workouts, yeah. in the cafeteria, mm -hmm. in travel, in the hotel, the quarterback says, hey, we don't, we don't like what's going on in there. Probably going to get changed. Anybody else says it? Probably we'll look into it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just Maybe. what happens immediately. All right, let's get to a break. Allegedly, we're having audio problems and shit like that. I have no idea why okay. or how that could be happening. We might have, uh, who knows? Hopefully, we'll be able to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. We'll be back in about five minutes or so. Possibly. Okay. Hopefully. The no laying up guy, Chris Solomon, right. also known as Solly, will be joining us. We can't wait to talk to him. Hopefully we'll be able to hear him and he'll be able to hear us. Be a friend, tell a friend, take five. Bye. Who's going to make us much, much smarter as we watch the Masters this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Solomon, also known as Solly. Thank you very much for having me. Are, do we have a live stream going? Do you have multiple feeds going as you're watching, you know, as you're doing the show? Are you, do you have a master stream going? Yeah, we yeah. got to we got to write down here on a TV. Literally, it's been pretty distracting. I'm going to be honest. We've had audio issues. Our stream has dropped off a little bit. And we've watched John Rom take a run at like a 40 footer that ended up like an inch mm -hmm. off. We've seen Tiger's putter be cold, I ice cold. Mm -hmm. We're just thinking about a stat. He's seven of eight of greens and regulation, but he just can't bury a damn putt. He is currently in. He's plus two. I don't know what place that puts him in right now. But the leaders at four under Hovland. What should we be thinking about as we go into this week, Solly? Obviously Hovland's in the lead here early. John Rom started ice cold, but he's back into sixth place. What should we be thinking about as we get closer to the weekend, Solly? A lot of golf left. A lot of golf. We can't, you know, you can't go too hard too soon. Today is going to be the outlier day. It is perfect conditions out there. The golf course is going to play totally different as soon as the rain hits and there's going to be a lot of rain coming uh, i don't know what the starts and stops are going to be like for weather but it's going to turn into a bit more of a driving contest the dudes that hit it far are going to have a, an advantage kind of through the rest of the week i think but today is up for grabs uh anyone could go out and shoot a good number it's all about you know it's a cliche to say but it's not it's about not playing yourself out of it on Thursday, because there is so much golf to go after today. We, everyone's got this pent-up energy. We've all got it, and we want to react to scores that are rolling in right off the bat. I'm doing it. I, I fall for it every time, but long, long ways to go. We're on, like, opening possession. We just had kickoff. That's pretty much all that's happened. So. <laughs> okay, but if somebody took it to the house and it's four yeah. under, I mean, yeah. that's quite a, you know, I don't know what stats tell us, but Hovland probably in a good shot to take a run at this, or if people collapse completely, and will the weather have a chance to do that? Hovland's a dude that we've been kind of waiting for a, a statement performance on, and uh, he was close to the Open Championship last year. He's got it to four under very early on. His putter's been very hot, but like I said, we're but he's not even 
he's about 10% of his way through the tournament so far. But uh, he is a dude that, again, when it gets kind of wet and, and it turns into a long drive contest, he's a dude that can hit it very far. So he would, uh, I would expect him to stick around based on that. We, um, we were told, and we were trying to read the internet, we don't know shit about fuck when it comes to golf, but we tried to get a little, because of what you're talking about with the weather, might see some really good scores today, might see some really high scores because people are going to be more aggressive because they feel like they can earn, they can maybe get some numbers today as opposed to throughout the rest of the weekend. Justin Thomas, I think we saw him have a pretty good start. Is uh-huh. there anybody else we should see today that could potentially put up a big number either one way or the other because of uh, how aggressive they're going to be with the, the clear weather? Cameron Young is one of the most exciting dudes to watch play golf. Is is I don't know if this number means anything to you, Pat, but his tee shot on one went 155 feet in the air, which is just insane. The dude absolutely mashes it. He is a ball striking machine. He's off to an extremely hot start. He buried the first three holes. Uh, he's since made a bogey since then, but he's a dude that has just been. He hasn't won yet. He hasn't won any any PGA Tour events yet. So winning a major would be a, a, an enormous first leap. But he's a dude I I felt like people were kind of sleeping on coming into this and uh, in the lead up over the last year. Uh, coming into this, and he's off to a hot start. So that's a noteworthy one for me. Okay, so I like the fact that you said he's an electrifying, exciting, and entertaining golfer. Mm-hmm. Now, 155 feet, that guy's hitting yeah, <laughs> 16 yeah. stories. Is yeah. That. Yeah. That's yeah. a big building. Watch, out. you got to pull up one of his swings. I mean, he gets to the top, and it looks like he pauses, and he just sends it. I mean, absolutely sends it with no regard on pretty much every swing. And Hell it's yeah. just awesome to watch that on repeat. Okay, so I love that. I appreciate that. That'll be something I will seek out. He also has the MLB sponsorship, I heard, mm-hmm. because of the relationship with Bob Manfred. Shout out to baseball having quite a week. Here we go. Baseball. Baseball's having quite a week with Cam Young. But that brings me to like my question about golf broader as opposed to just this weekend. And I saw you guys had this conversation on your show because I was looking at some of the clips. And we've chatted about it a little bit because we're casuals. We watch on the weekend we take a nap for like 15 16 minutes too. we're back we in too. yeah we that's kind of what that's it's how boring okay you know it. but it's perfect it's not just boring it's like perfect yeah it's yeah. ideal it is like do you want to take a nap to this yes like absolutely some people use like raindrops and thunder sure. and then like a babbling brook mm-hmm. you know oh, anything shit. like that golf is a very perfect like whoosh, with the and he hits another one. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it's like perfect sleeping weather. But I don't know enough about golf, but I do watch it enough to kind of have an opinion. What we started thinking about and worried about was the personalities of golf because obviously Scotty Scheffler is at the top of it right now, and he is awesome to watch, swinging out of his fucking cleats and how great he is at golf. And I think he's probably going to do great today. He was plus 700 to win. I think I, everybody probably put 500 bucks on that or 50 bucks or five bucks on that because it, the payout could be great with how long shot he is. And that's not normal because he's Scotty Scheffler, but his personality isn't really one. I think that is, you know, Tiger Woods, John Daly. Like, I'm, I don't know if he is a uh, kind of a whole world to get behind him. His talent is good enough, though, that it's good for the game of golf. And how many other golfers do you think does it take to continue to build golf up to be the sport? Because it feels like it's on top right now. Mm-hmm. Will it remain that way with this next generation of golfers that are about to kind of put it on their shoulders? It's a tough lift. You know, a lot of these dudes that are insanely good at golf aren't necessarily the most personable people. You know, they don't have, uh, you know, they don't bring a lot of flair to it. And it's just, it's really hard to be, all these guys have to be their own CEOs, right? They get so many requests coming through and it's all, you know, if you say yes to too much stuff, all of a sudden you have distracted yourself from what got you to this place. You know, if I was one of these guys' agents, I would be encouraging them to do like, a medium amount of media, uh, media and like a medium amount of personality. I'll give Joel Damon as an example. I don't know if you guys got a chance. To oh yeah, on mm-hmm. Netflix. Oh but yeah. 
Joel is the best. Like he does all the media. He'll do anything you, you put uh, you put him up to. But like you got to balance. Like now you're the dude that's known as that had two white claws in between U.S. Open qualifying rounds and went out and qualified. And the dude that yeah. took off his shirt at the 16th hole at waste management, which was awesome. But like, do you want to deal with being that guy for the rest of your career? So a lot of these dudes, well, they play it pretty safe. Right. But I give Scotty credit. He is himself like he doesn't try too hard. Bryson's a dude that I think tries way too hard, like tries to get people to like him and tries to show off a personality that I I don't know is there. So Scotty just keeps it, you know, <laughs> keeps it pretty straight laced. And it's kind of we, we've said this, too. It's like the more he wins, the more interesting it's going to be. Like it's a, a career that's going to be worth following and and worth seeing what kind of greatness he can achieve. Um, you know, he's still extremely young. He's number one player in the world and coming off winning the Masters last year. And I'd be I'd. I, I'm with you. I'd be surprised if he didn't win the Masters this year. Okay, that's wow. great news yeah. for me. All right, I like that. But the the greatness is what people will watch for, and I think that's completely okay. But if there was a lightning uh, if rod, can, if there was if a lightning jump rod, in here, yeah. it, it's tough right now. It, there's a lot of parody in golf right now, right? Like you, you I just I can tell by your your uh, kind of reaction to what's going on. Some of these dudes are kind of still young, new names to you, right? Where yeah. I feel like we're in a phase right now of a beginning of a lot of career arcs, right? I mean, with Tom Watson and Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas, like by the time they got to the 70s and 80s, you could kind of react to a career that was already, you know, established and, mm. you know, going for your eighth major instead of your second major is just a totally different story. Whereas right now, golf kind of had a little post-Tiger dip in the early 2010s, I'd say, but it's on the up with, you know, Rory McIlroy's got four majors, Justin Thomas has two, uh, Jordan Spieth has three. Like, it's it just, we're not, you know, in that era of greatness yet. It might be four or five years until we're like, uh, you know, those guys are trying to stack their fifth and sixth majors where it just gets into a totally different category, I think. Okay, so we're in an earn your dynasty, earn your legacy yeah. era. I like yeah. that. I don't mind yeah. that at all. I think golf is going to, what are your thoughts on Liv? What are your thoughts on Liv? Obviously, it's changed PGA. Uh, in, there's more money. There's more tournaments. It feels like life for golfers got better. Automatically make the cut so you get paid, I guess, in some designated events for the big names. It feels like that has gotten better business-wise. But Dustin Johnson was somebody, I think, because of how far he hit it, the way he went about it, who he was married to. That brought eyes. Brooks Kepka because he was kind of thwarted into the superstardom and the way he operated and how... You know, he always had big O and big uh, lippers. You know what I mean? The way he operated, he's now out of the PGA and he's with Liv, but he's here at Masters. So that's fucking great for the Masters weekend and majors as a whole. But what do you think about that? Because some of the superstars that kind of already, I don't want to say earned their legacy, but kind of would still be in the PGA every single week. They're now at a different place. So you think that opens up more opportunity? What do you think it really does for everything? Can I flip this on you? I want to ask you this. Hell question. yeah. What would your reaction be if, um, say six of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL uh, left the NFL and played, you can say XFLers played another league, pl went somewhere else to play their competitive uh, sport. What would your reaction to that be? Were they offered $150 million guaranteed? Sure. Yeah. Like let's say Dak Prescott got offered uh, $150 million to go play for the Saudi football league. What would your reaction to that be? So it would have to be, it would have to be more than 150 though. Cause that we already are giving out that type of money. I don't know sure. if you guys Three, are. Let's say it's 350. Let's say it's something absurd. So it's like $400 million guaranteed. What uh Messi was just offered to go play right. Right. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. or whatever, like $400 million guaranteed. I think we would all go like, Hey man, <laughs> good luck in the <laughs> heat. <laughs> that's literally what we would do. And I assume that's what a lot of golfers are kind of doing. Like, Hey, if you can get $150 million guaranteed, Guaranteed to do golf, do what you got to do. But it would certainly hurt our league, is I think what you're saying. 
I think it's for me as a fan. I, I don't care that much about. I can understand the individual decisions in that regard. Like, dude, yeah, it's pretty hard to turn down hundreds of millions of dollars to go play it. But as a fan, why I like golf, right, is to watch the competitive nature of it. You you cited a couple examples of, you know, the PGA Tour potentially improving and how much better it's gotten out there financially. I always try to keep the perspective of a fan, right? I think you, you may have a little bit of a perspective as an athlete and somebody that's competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's your perspective. But as a fan, dude, this what is making Masters Week so great is watching all these dudes back together again. I miss watching Cameron Smith play against Roy McIlroy. I miss watching Dustin Johnson compete against Justin Thomas. Like it, it, it seems like that shouldn't happen only four times a year now. And to me, again, strictly viewing this from a fan's perspective, it doesn't make sense to have divided up competition and kind of you know, dumb it down a little bit. And now the PGA Tour's reaction to it has been to say, all right, we're going to change how we do things and we are going to get what we have remaining in our stars. We're going to get them all together more frequently. That's a great development. I just wish it didn't take for this this kind of fracturing for that action to happen. Now, listen, it is endlessly complicated. I've dove into this to levels I, I do not recommend that you do. Okay. It's really hard to get change pushed through in the PGA Tour, the way the whole structure of it works and, and all that stuff. And I'm not going to bore you with those details. They needed some kind of outside force to push some of these changes through. But to me, there's also major championship golf, which is what we have four times a year. And there's professional golf. There's two different categories, right? And I'm watching week to week. I want to see the tournaments and I want to see these guys play against each other. Most casual fans, they tune into the majors. And if anything, those have only gotten better. So uh, I, 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 that's what has got me so excited for this week is like, dude, it's going to be a crazy weekend if we get a Dustin Johnson or a Cam Smith or a Patrick Reed, who's up on the leaderboard right now in the mix against some of the fan favorites going into it. It's going to be, oh man, I, I I don't know if the golf world's fully prepared for that. Hell yeah. Are they wearing uniforms like, you know, NWO yeah. whenever they were in yeah, uh, WCW? They had, do all the live guys have the same color ensemble or? They got logos and stuff. Um, it's not all uniform, right? But it's, if you, they should you know, be all straight Patrick jet black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All it, it should be, uh, just it's so, so you, weird. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting time. It's a very interesting time for golf. And I uh, obviously you, you hear Rory talk yeah. and Jordan talk and Justin talk. It feels like they feel like they're putting on mm-hmm. for the PGA. You know, yeah. like, hey, we love our league. We love everything about the PGA. We're the next generation of the PGA. And then you hear like Phil and Brooks and these guys talking. And they're like, Man, they give me a couple hundred. Yeah, a lot of money. Trying to change the PGA. Phil, though, Phil, Phil Mickelson and the boys aren't chatting. I heard uh, <laughs> the dinner the other night was a little bit Phil off. The, I think Fuzzy Zeller said Phil was just kind of eating by himself. Keeping to himself. Just being quiet. Didn't is he so locked word. in on winning or what is it? What's going on? No, didn't say. I mean, fuck Phil everybody. That's what Phil up. was saying. Phil was saying, fuck everybody. Yeah. I think he has never shied away from talking in his entire career, maybe in his entire life. And this is a, a Phil Mickelson I do not recognize. If I was him, I would, you know, if I didn't feel welcome at that dinner for whatever reason, I just wouldn't go. I wouldn't go and not. You would knock out Augusta National what? if you were invited. No, 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 I would go. But the, the champions dinner is where this happened on Tuesday night. Oh, right? just where as a whole, you're saying. Got it. Get invited. If you're going to go and not talk to anybody, why go? Right. I, I, I don't. He skipped the Masters last year amongst a lot of the controversy that was going on. And. A lot of the live and PGA Tour guys have been pretty cordial with each other. They still have relationships with each other. It's not, you know, it, it's not straight boring factions uh, around the clock. There's some dudes that definitely don't get along. A lot of dudes on the PGA Tour are very frustrated by the fact that, you know, it's not about the fact that people left for live. It's that they try to sue their way back into the PGA Tour, which again, kind of complicating things here, but how the structure works. But essentially, you're suing like your fellow 
professional golfers, right? There is no ownership group at the PGA Tour level. It is owned essentially by the PGA Tour players. So if, you know, it'd be different again, if using our Dak Prescott example, if he left and also was suing the Cowboys or something like that, and that was hurting the, the salary that those guys would be getting potentially earned, there might be a little bit of bad blood there. So there's a, it's just a little bit more to the story than maybe uh, the, the whole sports world can fully comprehend. No, yeah, that's a massive piece of information that we weren't you. thinking about at all. I could see how you could be pissed. And I think Rory said something about getting served on Christmas Day. Was that what it was? Or? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It was his family. He said, yeah. Uh, is that what happened? That's a whole different thing. Patrick Reed has hired this attorney, Larry Clayman, and he's gone around suing oh, everyone. And that the attorney himself had a, uh, a again. So Reed let this guy off the loose pretty much, but the attorney himself has a lawsuit, and uh, they managed to serve Patrick Reed on Christmas Eve. Or I'm sorry, Roy. serve Roy McElroy on Christmas Eve. Uh, they also served Justin Thomas, I believe, the day before his wedding um, as a part of that lawsuit as well. So Pass. there's some, That's there's some Reed. like just some. Just some needling, a lot of stuff that's really petty that's gone on that has really contributed to a lot of the, you know, the bad blood. Bro, if you're getting a couple hundred million dollars, I think you just kind of move just along. Yeah, take it. yeah just kind of move along. Everyone, that's what everyone has been. You know, Harold Varner had an awesome interview this week with the Washington Post. He's like, look, it's not about growing the game. It's about money. Like, it's straight up about money. That's all this is. And no yeah, one is mad at the dudes wrong. that... Dustin Johnson's like one of the few really guys that's still in the somewhat prime. Less career. work, more money. It's what yeah. he actually said. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And he's not antagonized anybody. He's gone about, you know, he hasn't tried to, he wasn't a part of the lawsuit. He has resigned his PGA Tour membership. I'm going to go play live. I'm going to go play the majors. This is what I want. And no one's mad at Dustin for it. No one is. Yet uh, a lot of the dudes just can't shut up. They can't stop, you know, just saying the dumbest things and try to justify it when we all know it's about the money. It's just pretty simple. John Rom started with a double. He is now three under through eight. Let's go. Absolute <laughs> dog. Go. Pac-Man has a question for you, Solly. Solly. What's up, Pac-Man? What's up, brother? Um, Why Why are you saying that like the live is like uh, like some bullshit, basically, compared, <laughs> compared to the PGA? <clears throat> Can you like elaborate on that a little bit more? Because you're saying it like it's just a... a a bullshit league. I'm as a non golfer. Can you like put it in dumb so, terms for me? Yeah, it's kind of it's a lot more like exhibition golf to me than it is competitive golf. Like, it, it, listen, they got music <laughs> blasting all throughout the course. Like, it oh, it, it, it is an entertainment product. I'm I'm a hundred million dollars. The they're course. paying a hundred million bucks. <laughs> Come party on a golf listen course. Listen to music. Yeah, it, I get a, what you say. It's kind of like a it's like an event more so than a competition. Yeah, it, they have concerts out there. Like it's a inter, it's designed to be like an entertainment product, I guess, and it's just not that entertaining. They have. Uh, <laughs> Um, it, you know, it's just like it, it's 54 holes. It's a shotgun start. And it's just all very it's just kind of very silly. This whole idea of of where live came from was actually a really extremely uh, intriguing idea. It's called the Premier Golf League. They basically just literally stole this idea out from underneath a guy named Andy Gardner. And the, his proposal was the. His proposal was like, hey, we got to work with the PGA Tour and get everyone on board and uh, embrace a team aspect in golf, which I'm actually in support of. Hell yeah. Now, the the Saudis were partially funding this thing, and then... Uh, they tried to divest from the Saudis. The Saudis said, I, and I took that personally, Michael Jordan voice. And they went and stole the idea and started and just ran with a couple billion dollars and started throwing money at people haphazardly, throwing against a wall. And my whole thing that I've been pretty anti-live is like, dude, they're never going to get everyone. They're not. They're not going to get Rory. They're not going to get JT. They're not going to get speed. So at best, we're going to get a divided world in golf. And if you just watch this thing, first of all, no one's watching it. The ratings are horrible. Uh, and you just hold you on. One tree hill or something. Yeah, yes. Have you been to waste management? 
I have. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love waste management. I'm down with like a non-serious vibe, but like at the at the end of the day, like the best players are competing in the waste management. That is a premier golf event. And at the end of the day, it is about the competition. Like I it's not about like all quiet and all this stuff. It's just I, it is just crazy silly. If you watch it at all, it just because the logos they came out with for the team, they uh, teams when they when they debuted, it looked like clip art. Like it's just been it's been very funny to, follow, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but Fair. at the same time, it's just been kind of disappointing to watch dudes like kind of that have great futures in professional golf leave and go play just a few times a year now. Yeah, it, and I have not seen a single one except for that first one they did live on YouTube. That's yeah, right. yeah, and they did it on YouTube and they didn't have the people's names. No, nope. I, I couldn't find out who the fuck the person was. Yeah, the first three letters. But it was their first one though. I was like, hey, listen, they're putting a hundred or some million dollars in every single player. They're going to put a lot of money into their production. We assumed they'll be able to catch up. You're, what you're saying because it sounds like you have watched since the first one is they have yeah. not made it a much better viewer experience from the people for the people. At home. Well, I actually kind of liked it. It was on YouTube. It's just easier to access. We like, love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out. Hey, shout out YouTube, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah. Now, now you got to watch it on the CW or you got to download the CW app to get it on there. Of and course. it just, you know, the barrier to entry is just a little bit less. But man, it just, it, it was, it was an interesting thing when they were gaining steam every week that they, they had a brilliant kind of rollout strategy of how they brought people in it. instead of announcing all the names at once or bringing in everyone at once. It was like this cascading effect, like this never-ending thing of like, oh gosh, Brooks kept Brooks kept was a four-time major champion who is not not in my consideration. I know he's had some injury problems, but not past his prime. And like when he left, like one of the most competitive dudes I have seen play professional golf in my lifetime. When he left to go do it, it was kind of like, oh my god, this is really this has a chance to almost end the PGA Tour. And I, if I thought it was in trusted hands of like, of, of, you know, Greg Norman is, he's a buffoon. Like, let's just say it out loud. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, this dude, he just, I can't even bring up enough examples of him just putting his foot in his own mouth, saying the most ridiculous things. He said, if a live player wins the Masters this week, that all 18 live guys that are in the field are going to be there to have a celebration on the 18th green uh, at, at Augusta National. Like, that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to uh, how Greg Norman has handled all this stuff. So, you don't think they're um, going to let him on? Is like, <laughs> yeah. how many people will Augusta National just say, "Yeah, you know what? Let's have thirty people come jump on the green." <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is certainly that's, something that'll take place that's not down their there. Vibe. Yeah, I can understand the Brooks one. That Netflix episode, I think, kind of showcased a lot of, about where he is and what he was. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I had a follow up on on Brooks because he not you're right. No one saw it, uh, but he did win last week in the live event, and he's two under through three. Uh, I heard he's he's fully healthy. He feels fully healthy, but he looked broken in in the full swing. Do does the golf community think that Brooks has a chance to maybe return back to the form that he was? The, the answer to that question is we don't know. That's the frustrating part. It's it's really hard to evaluate the results that come out of live. It's a you know limited field, forty eight players, guys. A lot of guys are mostly past their prime, and there's no qualification system for live. And so it's really hard to say. Like, does that win mean anything on a golf course that you know is not very similar to Augusta National, et cetera? I again, a part of the disappointment that's come from live is. Brooks Kepka is one of the best players of this generation. And it felt like when he left, and again, watching the Netflix series, it felt like a bailout move, right? Of, mm -hmm. dude, I don't know if I can still compete with these guys. Those are his words. Uh, or, and he went and took the money, and it kind of felt like a move of waving the white flag. I want him to be back. I want him to compete this week. I want to uh, to experience Brooks Kepka back in major championship battles. I, again, as anti, I have not been in support of what Liv has done to the professional golf world, but I don't find myself rooting against the Liv players in majors, right? Like I said, there's pro golf and there's major championship golf. They're two totally different things. I like seeing the best players in the world compete against each other. 
there's very valid reasons why the live players can't play on the PGA tour these days, but man, I, I am rooting for Brooks Kepka to get back in the mix. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to believe that he's done being competitive. Cause again, four time major champion in this era is he's underrated still in somehow, somehow, some way two us opens two PGA championships. He is in a class of his own, basically with Roy McElroy in this era. I watched that drive to survive golf thing. Yeah. And the Brooks <laughs> episode to your point, we all watched it, and we're like, we all know why Brooks took 150 million. Guy never thought he was going to win again. Exactly. Guy, yep. guy never thought he was going to win again. And I could see how you can get to that in this game of golf, where the sweet spot is like that big. And if you're in your head at all, I heard you're a scratch golfer, so that must be fun. But like, if you even start thinking at all, I mean, you can go off the rails quick. One round could be ruined. It felt like Brooks thought that he was never going to be able to get to your point. And I'm like, ah, I understand why he took the money. But then what happens if you do get back? You yeah, know, yeah. and he is right that's, now. You know, like that's, that's the whole the thought. thing about golf, man. That's the thing is like part of the deal is it doesn't last forever, right? Everyone, every single player has ups and downs, right? And you don't just get to go run when you start to run into your first hurdle. unless there's 150 million there, you yeah, know, pulling you. It's frustrating though, man. Like it, you know, it, there's a little bit of uh, you know, there's a whole other element to it of kind of. Look, Tiger Woods, what he created in the professional golf atmosphere is, you know, these guys are pretty much essentially forever indebted to him, right? And there's a there's a system within the PGA Tour and the European Tour and all kinds of things that, you know, an under, um, like a minor league system that supports all of professional golf, right? You got to qualify through these ranks. And it feels a little bit for the guys that went to live, like they're pulling the ladder up behind them, right? Like I'm going to go get my bag over here. Look, this live thing probably not going to last forever. All right. It's not very sustainable. It does not make any business sense. Right. So uh, again, very tempting when somebody dangles the money right in front of you. But at the same time, there's a little bit of an element of like, there's a, uh, a cooperation, unspoken cooperation agreement amongst professional golfers of like, our value is the highest when we're all playing together. And the dudes that have individually pulled themselves out of that have harmed uh, the P- the professional golf world in some ways and the PGA tour in some ways. Now, again, yeah. at the same time, it's gotten them back in the room to say, how can we figure out to make this more, uh, make this more entertaining and, and better for golf fans, which that is a positive step. And the PGA could have just paid everybody that was golfing every week. Yeah. I mean, that's something that also could have happened. I mean, I understand the players say, Hey, when we're all here, it's better for everybody. Cause that's real. When the most talented people are in any field or in one particular place, it's obviously going to up the business for everybody. But the thought that the golf world was just allowed to just get away with not paying people. They, if they didn't make it to the weekend, even if they were superstars and everything like I, I that was news to us whenever we found out about it I was like yeah. what guys are just not getting paid for showing up being on TV building ratings selling sponsorships and they're not making they're not getting paid at all from the league that doesn't sound like an agreement at all that sounds like a you you know that was a that was a surprise to us in every other sport I think Sully I honestly no well it kind of gets you kind of get it with a, a play better though, right? You make the weekend, you're going to make probably ten somewhere between ten and fifty thousand. Yeah, but you're saying you're looking at it from a fan's perspective. You don't look at it from a business perspective at all. It's or like, a player. Yeah, like you know what I mean. You ain't seen what Lamar going through. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, 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 that our world's vastly different, I guess, with injuries and potential out of there. But golf. I mean, you can lose the stroke forever. Like, it's just, that was wild whenever it was like, there's zero guaranteed money at all to anybody at any event ever. It's like, that's great. It's cool that you guys have been able to do that, but that feels like an archaic way of doing things with how much money is currently available in the content game. But I think that's changed now, right? And that, that has kind of changed. Has- 
It's changed a little bit, right? So it, it used to, there is something with the PGA Tour they put in a couple of years ago. That if you play 15 events, no matter what, you get $50,000, right? So that's, that's, okay. that's right? At least now and we're talking. Now there's, uh, I, I'll screw this up if I'm trying to do it live, but now there's something in place where basically, like, if you make a minimum number of starts, basically you get like an advance up to $500,000, um, okay. you know, for, for rookies or something like that. Okay. Like, there's, boom, there are some pathways now, but that's like, good. It's funny how uh, golf does operate differently. It is an eat what you kill sport, right? And yeah. it is almost always answered with a play better, right? So if you're talking about dudes, if you show up at 15 times and you never make it to a weekend, like, I'm sorry, but like you, maybe you shouldn't be out there. Like maybe you, you know, you should not be uh, a, a part of this professional golf. Like it, it just, it, it's a very binary question. If you play good enough, you're going to make the money and you're going to get into the next event. You're going to get the next event. And if you don't, you're going to go back to the corn Ferry tour where they pay very handsomely on the corn Ferry tour as well. And Hell you yeah. know, they have sponsorships. They, you know, these guys still are able to make a living, even if you don't get a dollar in on course earnings. All right. That's good news to hear. And, uh, Pro golfer you know ran golf, through the corn golf, tour. Right. Some golf fans hate the fact that they get guaranteed money, which I, again, yeah, I those like, people are awesome. Those, uh, those people, <laughs> yeah, hey, you do better than you know. It's like, okay, all right. They're still making money off the tournament that that person's in. So where's that money going? Oh, it's just going to a couple people's pockets as opposed to the athletes. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can support it. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 100% right. Like, that is, it's hard for me to <laughs> ever agree with those people, but I can understand where they're coming from because that's how golf has been for a very long time connor has a question for well, you solly go ahead i'm sorry i was gonna say so real quick so how team sports work it, it um you know name a name a, a an outside linebacker right that is probably the 900th or you know ranked player in the all of the nfl right he serves a a certain purpose on that team right he has value to that team whereas an individual sport like golf there's about 30 guys that actually bring value to the tournament, bring viewers, bring people out to go watch. And like the rest of the fields are kind of filled with dudes that, you know, people don't necessarily sit down to watch. But right? they so, Yeah, but he's saying they, they are. But, yeah. I think yeah, that's what you're so, saying, right? So you're saying yeah. like, hey, th- those those people that aren't the needle movers, which they made that, uh, right? Jordan Speed's dad came mm-hmm. yeah. the yeah. performance, <laughs> the performance bonus or whatever. Social. Cause yeah, he wasn't exactly. winning as much, but you guys were showing the golf world was showing his collapses every single week. And it was like, Hey, congratulations. You win $125,000, mm-hmm. but we just got. $15 million worth of content out of you every single week as he was kind of collapsing and they kind of created that bonus, which is good for those top. I think that's great for business as well for the professional golfers. I think what you were saying is like, that's pretty interchangeable operation everywhere else, but there's a chance one of them could go on a run and change their life. Is that what you're well, kind of describing? I always use this, this example, right? I, I imagine not a lot of you guys have heard of William McGirt, but if William McGirt ties Roy McElroy in a tournament, they both walk away with the same amount of money, right? And they have both provided very, very, very different values to that <laughs> tournament, right? So uh, if anything, I would argue that the the bottom half, the middle tier to bottom half of like professional golf has been paid probably too well. Like the top players have subsidized the rest of pro golf for Hell quite yeah. some time. And that is what is kind of shifting. Now you see these big purse, you know, these, these no-cut events you're talking about, these eight designated events that are just going to be top 70, top 80 players, $20 million purses. Like it's going to start to look yeah. like a better distributed curve, if you will. It's more comparable to the value those guys bring to the tour. 
their lives are not fun either. Like, no, I, I, I was watching. I think that was the thing on Netflix that I learned the most because we've put in a request for like Jordan Speed to come on this show a couple of times, and their people have reached out and be like, "Hey, Jordan wants to come on the show. Can we make some work?" Like, absolutely, would love to have him on. And then for one reason or another, it gets canceled. I'm like, "Well, fuck this guy," you know? Like <laughs> this guy, like three different times this has happened. I'm like, I, I, don't, I have nothing for this guy. Then I watch that thing. I'm like, this guy's life is terrible. Brutal. I would never want to do any media. They're on the road. All the time, they're go- and when they're not on the road, have to be golfing. If you're not golfing, you're golfing with business partners. Yeah. You're doing a pro am. You're doing a thing, and then you might not get paid that week. If yeah. back in the day, it was like I did not know they're living like rock stars, but they they kind of are. They're just on the road nonstop. That is an exhausting thing. So it was like, hey Jordan, do you ever have time? Yeah. <laughs> no, you yeah. don't. You actually don't have any time. But if you do, you want to come on? Let's do that. It was a it was a fascinating revelation I had while watching that whole thing. Well, it's dude. Uh, tournament weeks are 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 grueling. They're a lot. You have your practice. You have your your, your physical therapist. You may be meeting with so and so. You may be meeting with a sponsor. You might be doing PGA Tour meetings. There's been a lot of meetings lately, kind of discussing all the stuff that's going on. You got to get your you know your full. You got to play the front nine. You got to play the back nine. You got to play the pro am on Wednesday. Then you play Thursday through Sunday. And then if you play the next week, you're straight off to the next location, right? And it is it's a lonely life. It really is. I mean, it 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 looks glorious on TV. I always thought being a professional golfer looked like the easiest job in the world when I was a kid. It's not, man. Unless you are like a truly one of the top 30, maybe 50 players in the world, it's not necessarily a life I'm envious of. It's stressful, too. I mean, yeah. the ball is small. Mm-hmm. Tiny. That yeah. ball is small, and the hole seems to get smaller all the time. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, so a couple questions. Do you think that there's a chance the PGA does try the live team aspect? Like, do you think they'll do maybe one or two tournaments where they do partner guys up and it's almost like a scramble? And then also, you mentioned the weather this weekend. Is there any chance that uh, this tournament might not be done on Sunday, that they might have to push one day to Monday because guys don't finish their rounds? And is that how that would go? Would it go to Monday? Yeah, would it go to? It usually does. I, I'm struggling to think of the last time the Masters had this problem. Um, usually the Masters is a smaller field. So usually when PGA Tour events go to Monday, it's because they got to get 156 guys through the course through two rounds. Then they cut it to 65 and ties. And that's just a lot of dudes to get through a golf course over four rounds uh, if you have weather issues involved. Whereas the Masters is only around 90 players oh. uh, and they can adjust. They can send guys off in the morning. They got a fair amount of daylight this time of year that um, I would be surprised if it went to Monday. Usually they find a way to make it work and this golf course can drain really, really well. And I don't think there's huge... I could be wrong. I don't think there's thunderstorms in the forecast. I think it's just going to be wet and rainy, right? Okay. So if the greens get unplayable, they'll have to call play, but they might be playing in the rain and uh to your first question so i think there's something could be interesting i don't know if it's going to be good yet or not but there's something that pga tour guys are doing starting next year called the tgl and it's a uh it's going to be on monday nights it's going to be down in jupiter florida roy mcelroy and tiger woods have started this thing it's a it's basically like screen golf in an arena where you know you're hitting your first couple of shots uh into a simulator and then they have a green there um where you'll be doing your chipping and your putting in a on a green in an arena that people can watch and it's going to air on Monday nights. So there's going to be a team aspect of this. Um, It's going to be kind of just a bonus kind of thing of like there, this was already kind of planned and in the works or before live happened, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and it is, um, they're doing something. I don't believe that, Solly. I don't believe I, that. I'm sure you don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, know if I to- totally believe it as well. Yeah, well, as it was it, coming uh, out of your mouth, it sounded like you didn't believe it either. That's, okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to defend you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like it, but uh, 
it it's going to be like, all right, here's our competitive golf. Like, we're not changing 72 holes. We're going to play that. But also, we're going to bring you a little entertainment on the side, right? And it's like, going forward, Tiger Woods is not going to play very many golf tournaments. So it's either you don't watch him play at all, or you watch him play into a screen on Monday nights. And like that is better than nothing. And I think if they steer oh. into like the entertainment aspect and have some fun, show off some personalities, mic the players up, make it a little more engaging than serious golf, I think it has a chance to be successful at some level. If they take it too seriously, it's not going to be very fun and entertaining. I don't think it's screen golf. Like let's not take let's not, you know, try to cheat this like a like it's a real sport. But that's something that that is developing that PGA Tour has like an equity stake in, but it's kind of done off to the side and it's led by Rory and Tiger. And I think it uh, is, it's not really a response to live, but it's an alternative golf kind of thing that's going to be going on. Just more content out of the golf world, yeah. more, more ways to make money too, which is obviously a good thing, I think, especially if you're going to contribute to society. I think society will reward you, especially if that becomes a part of our conversation. Like Tiger Woods hitting some sort of trick shot or chip shot in screen golf yeah. on a Monday night. We will talk about on Tuesday. Did you see what Tiger did last night after this whole thing? Then we'd have to go through everything like, well, he drove it 340 yards into a simulator right over there. Mm-hmm. Then he walks well, and over I- and then he chips into the green from that distance and then finishes the hole. Is that how that works? Well, but it, just I think if they do it right, I think it may start the Monday after Monday night football ends. Right. So everyone gets used to having Monday night football on. And and then starting in January 2024, that next week, the first week that there's not a Monday night football game is when this starts. This is smart. Yeah, this is smart. I think so. If if they're not planning on that, you can have that free idea. That's what is exactly (laughs) when it should. Well, and it's funny you say that because they'll actually tell you they've been planning on doing that (laughs) before (laughs) Liv came around. Last question for you, Sully. You spent a lot of time with us here. We uh, we really appreciate it. Sully, after watching uh, Full Swing and kind of everything that's been going on with the PGA, obviously you mentioned it. Rory is kind of like the flag bearer for the PGA now. And I don't know if this is necessarily true, but it seems like his MO in majors the last few years is like he'll kind of play like shit on either Thursday or Friday and won't really be in contention, and then he'll go real low on Sunday and kind of shoot back up there. Everyone remembers his colossal choke at Augusta all those years ago. Like, is he a legitimate contender, you think, to to win this weekend, or do you think he's kind of just snake-bitten at Augusta and it's not going to happen? So uh, for several years prior to last year, it – the disappointing thing was Rory. Uh, sometimes that that back nine comeback on Sunday to shoot up the leaderboard, we call it a backdoor top five or a top ten. Even that kind of went away for a little while there, and he turned into what we were calling is just another guy, which is like the saddest thing you could say about Roy McIlroy because again, uh-huh. he won four majors between 2011 and 2014. Uh, he, he and it was looking really bad. And last year, he had a different kind of performance. You got to remember about golf is like at best when he goes to tee it up. He's got like a like this week, he's got like a 12% chance to win, right? Like it, it golf, just the way it works, man, it's just really freaking hard to win. But you can have success in a tournament and not win. And last year, he had a lot of success in major championships. He finished runner up to Scotty Scheffler at the Masters last year. It was kind of backdoor. He had the Sunday 64 to shoot all the way up to that spot. But Damn. he had several other top finishes in the majors last year. He played better golf in the major championships last year. He was not just another guy yet. When you've set the bar so high for yourself, when you've won four majors, second place means nothing to him. And it means nothing to golf fans, right? We want to see him win. It's been eight. This will be nine years as in, 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 uh, in, I guess what July will have been nine years since he's won a major championship. Like that's a really, really, really long time. And, uh, there's no possible chance that, uh, is he snake bitten at Augusta? I don't know if I'd use that phrase, but there's no chance that it's not gotten to his head already. This is his 15th try 
at the Masters. He has not won one. And every year, it's what he needs to complete the career Grand Slam. It's what he wants more than anything. Yet in golf, man, like when you want it more, it gets harder. Like the more you want it, the harder it gets. And I have no idea what to expect for him this week. I know I'll be along for the emotional journey. I would want no one else to win the tournament more than Rory. I would rather have Rory win than Tiger win, as crazy as that sounds. Like I want him to complete the career Grand Slam. Okay. Uh, I think he's one of the best personalities in golf. Most interesting guys to we do. A, 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 he's been on our podcast a bunch. And uh, we do a, like, these random po- podcasts on the trap draw, which Pac-Man, uh, our guys, our hosts are cordially inviting you to come join that podcast sometime, by the way. We do these recaps of, of random stuff, and we did one on succession. And Rory found out about it. And he's like, oh, I want to be on that. And he came and just talked succession on there for like an hour. Like he's he's truly one of the one of the one of the best dudes out there. He's a guy you should have on your show. Well, speed keeps canceling on you. But <laughs> uh, so I I'm rooting for Rory a lot this week. I'm rooting for him every week. But man, there's it'd be it'd be tougher to come up with a better story in golf than Rory winning the Masters this week. What happened at ten? He put one like the cameras didn't even have it. Right, the cameras it couldn't even pick it up because of how bad the drive was on ten. It was that was 2011. He started the day, I think, with a three shot lead, maybe four shots, and front nine did not go well. But when he got up to the 10 tee, he duck hooked one so bad into a into into somebody's yard, into the into a yard off the 10th hole. Uh, and there's iconic images of him just chipping out from one of the you know multi probably billion dollar cabins they have left of Augusta, and no one has ever been over there. And it was just a really sad image. I think he shot 80 that day and finished oh, like 15th place after damn. being in the lead to start the day. And he's n- never been the same there since. Listen, as strong as you can be mentally, mm-hmm. golf is such a sport that when you're looking over the ball, all you need is what one negative thought. Mm-hmm. You put one into a, one of those cabins. That nobody's ever been. It'd be hard not to whenever you're standing at that same spot to be like, all right, don't put it left. Why did I even Yeah, uh, too late. Why did I even think about putting it over to the left? What a fascinating sport you cover. You're doing such a great job. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this Masters Thursday. You're the man, brother. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. You made us a lot smarter, too. I learned a lot about that whole live, PJ. Honestly, as a very casual person with a small brain, you made us a lot smarter today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Anytime. You're a scratch golfer, huh? Allegedly. That's what I, that's what I that's what I've been told. You got to make sure you say allegedly anytime you bring up Brett Favre's name. But like always. Whenever you uh, did you play high school? Played in high school. Yeah. Stopped after that, but uh, started picking it up more recently. It's uh, it's it's a freaky thing, dude. Back to what you were saying about Rory on ten T. It's like the, one of the best phrases I've ever heard in golf is when you're hitting it good, you never think you're going to hit a bad shot again. And when you're hitting it bad, you never think you're going to hit a good shot again. It really is that fragile, and it, even at the highest level, it can really, it can really turn that fast for a lot of these dudes. Oh, I was a punter and a kicker, man. I know. Don't you? <laughs> I understand completely, ladies and gentlemen, from the No Laying Up podcast, an absolutely legendary group of dudes creating content around golf. Chris Oliver. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. AJ, this is a big deal. I am, uh, I'm actually giddy for this. AJ. Hell yeah. You hear me? Yes, I cannot wait to see what it is. We have a segment, a new segment uh, that we are about Mm -hmm. to debut. B-Block. This is B-Block. Okay, good. Yeah, there will be C and a half, but then we also have to take two breaks for audio issues. So you carry the one and the two. This is the Uh F-minus block, Mm -hmm. and that is not a grade that we're giving on it because this is certainly going to be an A-plus situation. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Boston Connor presenting... A future Hall of Famer. Ah, oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Baby you guys are too kind to me. You guys are too kind to me. 
Thank you for having me in the Thunderdome, Pat. It's a, it's a real privilege to be standing up here. Yeah, you're here every day. It's uh, well, great to, to have you. Well, never stand up here, so it kind of is a little different. But, guys, can you close your eyes for a second? Okay? I want you to think about... AJ, close your eyes. I see you. Yep. Thank you. They're closed. I want you to think about maybe one of these rookie quarterbacks coming in this year, right? Okay. okay? Yeah. Goes on a pretty good team. You know, Hall of Fame running back, Hall of Fame wide receiver. And let's just say they go 3-13. and 13. Okay. He ends up throwing 26 interceptions. Let's just throw out some words here right off the top of the head. What would we say about this guy? 26 interceptions, 3-13, and 13, Hall of Fame running back and wide receiver. This guy sucks. This guy stinks. This guy stinks. Sure, that sucks. Stinks. Pac-Man, anything. Sucks. Sucks. Okay, times two. Diggs, you got anything for me? Stinks, man. He stinks, man. AJ? Uh, he's gritty. Is he, that mic on? He's, he's gritty. On I hope so. Is it on? That would sound, that's a lot better. Okay, it sounds better now. Okay, well, guess what, guys? You just said Peyton Manning sucks. What? All you guys just said Peyton Manning stinks and he sucks. I didn't. Whoa. I didn't. Whoa, How do you whoa. feel about that? No, that wasn't the hypothetical person I had no. in my head. Well, no, guess no, what? No. That's exactly what Peyton Manning did. No, I had Anthony Richardson in my head, <laughs> and he came to Jonathan Taylor's team, yeah. and we signed a Hall of Fame uh, wide receiver, sure. and we went 3-13, and 13, maybe 3-14. and 14. I said, well, we would have to say, this guy sucks potentially. That's Bingo. right, and we would have had to say that about Peyton Manning in 1998. Don't love it. Because he had Marvin Harrison and he had Marshall Falk, and what did he do? What did he, do? he stunk. He stunk. He went 3-13, and 13, and he had 26 interceptions. So let's just put that into perspective now. And, you know, I'm not going to say maybe the Colts had the greatest coach of all time. Because if they did, then it would probably be amplified by 10. About how bad he stinks. About how bad he stinks, right? Yeah. But here we are with Mac Jones, okay? This guy goes 10-7 and seven in his rookie year. Goes to the playoffs in his rookie year. Second year, sure, he falls off a cliff. And when I say falls off a cliff, the guy, you know, he had still more touchdowns than interceptions, still had worse weapons, still had a fat stooge as his offensive coordinator. Missed him, but you, you understand what I'm saying here. Sure. Okay? Peyton Manning had the same offensive coordinator for the first 10 years of his career. Tom Moore, you know. Brother. Brother, sure. Yeah. Still coaching. Backed up Johnny Unitas. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's 88 years old. But Peyton Manning had it for 10 years. Josh Allen, you know, everyone loves him now. But it took him a little bit, okay? He didn't even start his rookie year. Huh? You, you remember this? Ryan Fitzmagic started. He actually got to sit behind the guy and watch. Mac Jones, he didn't have any of these nice things at his disposal, okay? What Mac Jones had was a coach who's a defensive guy who put a little too much trust in the guy who orders for him at Denny's, okay? And that is what happened with the Patriots this year. He came in and he took a step back. Sophomore slump, as they say. Uh-huh. But what were we saying about Trevor Lawrence two years ago when Mac Jones was the guy. Trevor Lawrence fucking stinks. But what happened? Huh? What, fi- what changed? They fired that coach. He was sticking fingies and bungholes. Bingo. Allegedly. 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 Well, not allegedly. Actually, yeah. Documented. Documented. Do- documented. Right. We've actually seen the clips. Alleged photo. Yeah. Alleged photo video, actually. Alleged video. It was alleged that he sniffed his fingers right after this. That's, <laughs> that's what you alleged. That's yeah. what is alleged. That's what you guys alleged. It, it uh-huh. happening is not alleged. You weren't the only people that alleged it. No, a lot of people did. AJ allegedly has been to this chop house. AJ? What exactly is this segment? Can you just shut up? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out. But yeah, continue. I have not been to the, that chop house, but I've been to the other. There's two locations. Okay, so not alleged. AJ has not been to that chop house. AJ, I'm glad you asked that question. The segment is talking about why Mac Jones is a future Hall of Famer. Okay? Get the fuck out of here. Pac Man, excuse me. I got, I'm going to come over us, here now. Sell us on this. You can sell us, Con. All right, I'll tell you right now. Rookie year. Okay, let's see. I, I'm going to break this down maybe like a guy on ESPN might, okay? Look at this guy. <laughs> Standing back here all alone. This is a quarterback right here, AJ. Okay? I'm not going to hit the, I'm not gonna hit the screen, but this is a quarterback. This is against a 5-4 Browns team with Baker Mayfield, who was good at the time. 
Okay, at this point, this is still, you can see, week 10, Mac Jones, rookie. This is only his 10th game. Uh, Fox, you can run the tape, please. Let's see, let's see what Mac does here. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Slips the ball right in between a safety and a corner. I mean, what is that? Is that an all? Fox, can you rewind this play, please? I, oh, here we go. We got this uh, replay. dumb-ass decision. Dumb-ass decision or put the ball where only his guy can get it, Pac-Man. You tell me. Dumb decision. Put the ball only where his guy can get it. And if, if you can actually notice who catches this ball, Kendrick Bourne. Probably Mac Jones' number one weapon his rookie okay. year. Mm-hmm. Fats McGee, second year, comes in, new OC, and he says, you know, we're not going to play Kendrick Bourne anymore. Who? Okay. Matt Patricia. And okay. unfortunately, that, you know, that came back to bite him in the ass. But that's just one of the great plays that Mac Jones made. And sure, this is a one o'clock game. Okay. This isn't prime time. So who knows? Yeah, Does this yeah. kid have the cojones to stand on the football field, maybe down 7 nothing in a playoff game? Fox, can you play the next play, please? <laughs> oh, the lights are on here. This is Buffalo Bills. Lights are on. It's cold out. If you can see right here, uh, Mac Jones, this black clothing underneath his uh, uniform, that's actually a scuba suit. And not a lot of guys like to do this. Jimmy G, you know, he won a Super Bowl as a backup. And Tom Brady, they do it. Are they good at football? Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I'm thinking they're pretty good at football. Fox, why don't you run this clip? Third and ten. Need it. This is the playoff. Trying to answer us. Oh, oh. He's not just a white guy who can throw the football. He's got a little wiggle. How pissed would you be as a defensive back? You do your job. And all of a sudden, a white guy in a scuba suit, you know, <laughs> skirts for 14 yards and gets a first down in a playoff game. How pissed would you be? Would you be looking at the D-line and the linebackers? Boys. What are we doing? This guy sucks. With a knee brace. He's got a knee brace on, yeah. How how did this just happen? What would you say, Pac-Man? Fuck. Bingo. No bull. That's what Mac Jones does. He He led the victory in this game, did he? So next play, he throws an interception to Micah Hyde down the left (laughs) sideline. But we can all agree that was an unbelievable play by Micah Hyde. Yeah, it was. That was the right decision by Mac Jones. Unbelievable play. That's going to happen sometimes. It happened to Peyton Manning 26 times in his rookie year. And this is Mac Jones' rookie year. And, you know, guess what? Second year didn't work out well. We all know that, okay? We have hindsight. Bless you. We have hindsight. We know that Mac Jones wasn't a great quarterback this past year. But a lot of stuff was going on. He had an offensive coordinator who wasn't good at football. He doesn't know offensive football. He had, you know, his best weapon sitting on the bench because maybe he made a fat joke. Or maybe he did something in the locker room that some people didn't like. But guess who did like it? Mac Jones. And also, maybe Bailey Zappi came in and played very well, which is probably the worst-case scenario. But let's remember, he beat the Lions 29-0. Okay. Who cares? Yeah. And then he beat, <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know, some other shitty team the week after. I can't even remember because of how much shit we've talked about Mac Jones over these past couple weeks. Fox, let's run this last clip here. This is Thanksgiving. And if, if you check down here below the scores, once again, Minnesota comes out, and what do they do? They walk right down. Yeah. On Bill Belichick's on, defense. On Bill yeah. Belichick's defense, and they score a touchdown. Thanksgiving night, Mac Jones might be thinking about eating cookies and, sure. you know, eating some turkey, maybe some apple pie. What do you eat at Thanksgiving, Pac Man? They lost this game. Hold on. You're burying the lead, Pac Man. AJ, what do you eat at Thanksgiving? Uh, I do eat turkey. Maybe he's thinking about turkey. Fox, stuffing, stuffing. Yeah, stuffing. Foxy, let's, let's run this play. Can Certainly you stop it once he gets the ball? Stop it. Can you stop it? Too. Look where Mac Jones is looking over here. You see this? Backman, you might not know this. <laughs> this is called manipulating the defense. So when the quarterback gets the ball, he wants to look to the right where he's not throwing the ball and maybe make the safeties move somewhere. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so you're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm glad I taught you something. You can play You can play it from here. He's looking right. Oh, but where's he throwing it? Back to the middle to Nelson Aguilar, who, if you recall, was the guy that was made fun of. Yeah. And this was right after a man caught children outside of a window. Yeah. Burning. Unlike. Unlike Aguilar is what he said. Mm-hmm. And this is basically Mac Jones' number one target. Now, I don't know if you guys remember when Josh Allen took a huge step, when Tua Tagovailoa took a huge step. You know, you guys know what happened to both of those yeah. people? What was that? It's the Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Boom. And Mac Jones is out here throwing to freaking Nelson Aguilar. Okay? So we're going to say this guy stinks when his offensive coordinator never done anything. And Nelson Aguilar, who is, you know, four years removed from being called a bum, is his number one weapon. Okay, Pac-Man, and yes, we did go on to lose this game on a controversial call that Hunter Henry didn't catch a ball, even though he caught it, and it was a touchdown. They decided to call it not a touchdown, but again, neither here nor there. And, you know, the Vikings would also go on to lose at home in the playoffs, so things happen in a football (laughs) season. But what, what I'm saying is Mac Jones clearly has not been lucky. In his first two years. Yeah, maybe he was lucky that he went to Alabama and won a national championship and had one of the most efficient careers slash senior years in the history of college football. How long has college football been played? That doesn't matter. Long time. Okay, thank you. So he's very accurate. (laughs) Okay, this guy is an accurate quarterback. He can clearly manipulate defenses, as you just saw, and he knows where to put the football. Now, the biggest, you know problem at the moment with the Patriots sure. is that they don't have a Stefan Diggs or a Tyree no, Kill. They don't. They don't have the, you know, the luxury of having the same offense for Mac Jones like Peyton Manning did where he took all these steps, like Josh Allen did uh-huh. with Brian Dable, where he took all these steps forward because they were in the same system. Now Mac Jones has the luxury of Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick. And sure, maybe they're still a guy or two away. But what happens if this year, I don't know. What happens, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Sure, it's a system he knows, but it's a new city, new place, New York, a lot of ayahuasca in New York City. What happens if they don't do great? What? What happens if the Dolphins come out and maybe everything we're talking about, like Tua getting hurt and then Mike White coming in, and maybe Mike White, oh, maybe he's great. That's wishing an injury. Not man. wishing, I'm saying maybe. What if? What, what if? This is what ifs. Just like last season. What ifs? What if these things were to happen? Okay, because guess what? The Patriots, you know, the the song is out. The Patriots aren't going to be good at football this year. Okay? We're going to say that. What's the song? The Patriots Patriots stink at football. 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 The Patriots stink at football. And we're all pretty fucking Pumped. Pumped. Exactly. But, you know. That's the song. That, that's the, the song. song we're all singing right now. And I don't like it. <laughs> no. I don't like it one bit. No, nope. you don't. That's because I'm a Patriots fan. AJ, do you like it? I'm not sure. I'm just wondering, though. Okay, Mac Jones is a potential Hall of Famer eventually. Are the Patriots going to be any better next year, though, as a team? Thank you for asking that question, AJ. See, that's why, that's why you're a uh, Ryder Cup champion. Because mm-hmm. you. you know exactly where the ball's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Patriots as a team are going to be much better. And let me explain to you why. One, Ramondre Stevenson, our best player, running back. Unbelievable. The, the Ramondre Stevenson is no longer splitting carries yeah. with Damian Harris. <laughs> okay, good. Three down running back, Pat. We talk about stables all the time. 
<laughs> three down back. This guy ain't coming off the field. Only need one horse. Only one horse. Number two, we brought in a couple veteran old linemen. Yeah, maybe they have tens of thousands of miles on their knees and legs and hips. But they know how to block the guy on the other side of the football. Yeah, they do. And, and what else could you really ask for? You're right. Aside from that. And the last thing is Bill O'Brien, okay? I don't think we understand how huge it is that Bill O'Brien, who is in the New England system, who knows the McDaniels offense that Mac Jones was so successful with and also knows the Alabama offense. And, you know, now that I'm saying it, guess who taught Bill O'Brien the Alabama offense? Pat? Mac Jones. Mac Jones taught him it. McCorkle. McCorkle. Mac freaking Jones taught him that offense. So, sure, we can go into this offseason and we can go into next season and we can say, who cares about the Patriots? Fuck them. And sing the song if we want. To. Patriots stink at football. Yeah, that's the song. We can sing the song. But until that ball snaps, gentlemen, we're going to have no idea how this team is. You're works. right. Thank you. And Mac Jones is going to pick apart defenses, and you guys are going to be singing a different song. Mac, Mac Jones, Jones doesn't stink at football. He's actually. He's actually a Hall of Famer. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, can I see the stick? Well done. Nope, nope. Sorry. How do you compare Matt Jones' first three years to with Peyton Manning, the fucking GOAT of football, bro? First oh. two years. and I mean, It doesn't matter. Like, he, yeah. 98, 99, 2000. He was 13, NFL passing, 2000. 2000, he was NFL touchdown lead, leader. Boom. Uh, That's what I'm what saying. What else he got? That's uh, what I'm saying. Third year. You're suggesting. 1999, second year. Yep. Second team. Yep. 2000, second team. Which is what Matt Jones is going into. I Matt Jones don't have shit. Yeah, not right now. Um, but that's because we can only go off the body of work he's had. And guess what, Pac-Man? Sure. 2000, he was great. And, and he was good in 1999. They Connor, went 13-3. and three. Connor, What did they do in the playoffs? You got to listen to the guy that's always on the show. Aaron Rodgers always say, we're living through transparency. Huh? What's that mean? Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this shit right here. Exactly. Took you, a step he, back. You went back two fucking years to find them highlights that you just pulled up. Which was his, what, first and second year? No, he said run. All right, so I'm even giving you last year and the year before that. Look at that's, this. That's all he has. That's all he has. But look, he's he got going from 16th to the 20th, 15th to the 32nd, mm-hmm. 19th to 33rd. Holy shit. And this goes to my point about Matt Patricia. He doesn't. He, this wasn't the same offense. It's impossible to take a step forward in an offense if you completely change the entire thing. And that's why you see those numbers. Another thing is he got hurt. He was out for three, four weeks, and he tried to come back too early, and that's when the whole Bears debacle happened with Bailey Zappi. And, you know, there are reports about Bailey Zappi, a lot of teammates having support for him. Devin McCourty talked about this. They didn't have support, but at times they would go into practice. Zappi would look great, and Max still wasn't, you know, ready to come back from, from his injury. Hey, let's go with Zappi. The next day they might come back in practice, and Mac Jones plays green. It's like, okay, now we go with Mac. I don't think last year was – a very good representation of how the New England Patriots have worked over the past 25 years. Not not only like the offense and being eight and nine, but even the small shit on like special teams that we see, even like the situational football. It was bad. It was bad. the fucking defense. Like he had that one play that was in switch. AJ, did you see the other ball they threw the post on and covered three? That ball should never fucking go there. <laughs> 
It was a bit of a risky throw. I would agree on that one. But it ended up being good. You, you know how many, go back in the meeting room and say, hey, fuck, don't throw that ball no more. You just, Hey, you just spit out stats about Peyton Manning. You know how many throws like this he probably three. had that Marvin Harrison caught? He never caught? throw that ball. But he did, and it was a touchdown. So when we look at those stats that we just had up, do they support those stats or no? They don't. They don't. What you're saying. They do not support those stats. But yet, but yet more we're, picks. But we're pointing to these stats as if they're you know the holy grail, and this explains <laughs> the story of Mac Jones is those stats. But then we ball. show one of his good stats, and we're saying it doesn't see. support it. All right, I'm excited to see what happens to Mac Jones. Me too. Yeah, Bill going to trade him. He, well, allegedly that if was he's happening. not good. I mean, this is the last year before they can. Pick up his fifth-year option. So AJ, it is Mac Jones is going to be talked about, obviously, because he fell in the draft. Remember, he was supposed to go three overall, we all thought, until day of the draft, and Trey Lance goes, and then all of a sudden, Mac Jones is now a New England Patriot, and Bill Belichick goes, Matt Patricia, you like him? Mm-hmm. And Mac goes, yeah. And Bill is going, you're going to be offense coordinator two years from now, yeah. so let's go ahead and make sure you like him. I, it is tough to judge because of how inefficient the offense it looked. I mean, in the stories we heard about, Mac yes. Jones would ask questions in the middle of the week. Be like, hey, what happens if they show us this? And uh, Joe Judge and Patricia would say, stop asking so many questions. Come on. And then in the game, that situation would pop up. Yeah. He'd say, hey, what are we supposed to do now? And they go, oh, let's figure it out. It's like, well, we could have had this yeah. a couple days ago. A while ago. And we would have had it figured out. So that was an alleged story we don't know, but a classic clusterfuck up there all last season. And it's led us all to have the conversation of, has Bill Belichick lost it? Because he's the one to put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge to begin with, A.J.? I don't know, but I mean, so we're talking about Bill O'Brien. I've heard con man say many disparaging things about Bill O'Brien in the past, what? but now all of a sudden he's Bill, back as the O. Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien is the savior? What did I say disparaging about Billy O'Stooge in Houston? Run. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that is a much different situation. If Bill O'Brien was the new head coach, then that would be a different situation, but we got tea kettle Bill. We got we got okay. teapot Bill from Man in the Arena with Tom Brady. This is just offensive. This is where he's supposed to be. Okay, he's just you, so you yes. think that's where he should be. Yes. Offensive coordinator called the play. Well, Bingo. when he was at no Houston, he was the head coach, the GM, the yep. lead counsel, right. contract negotiator. Yeah, the, that that falls. I think yeah into that. Then he was also in the equipment room. I yep. think yeah, right. strength right. conditioning. I think he was training coach. Mm-hmm. He was. Yes, you're yep. right. I think he was also the spirit. No, that was they used to be. Yeah. yeah Lead right. council. Game day media, though. I mean, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he had every job by the end of it. He did. Yeah. And now he just goes to Alabama. Yep. They don't win an Addy. Coaches rehab. And then he's back up in New England doing the same old, same old. I hope it works out for Bill. Much happier life whenever football's going good than whenever mm-hmm. it's going bad. Yeah, absolutely. Bill O'Brien's coming home. I mean, he's from Massachusetts, went to school in Massachusetts. It's going to be a nice little reunion in New England. Oh, he's a nice little actually Irish like boy from right. Mass. Yeah. yeah. I actually like Bill. So this, this means a lot if it don't work out. Yes, exactly. This is yeah. a big-time yep. prove-it year. Because if, if he does stink this year, Mac, they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. They'll probably try to trade him. And if they can't trade him, they'll probably draft a quarterback. Or they'll make a run at one of the free agents. Yeah, hey, I'm in so- a tough division, though. Yes, Ooh, very especially tough. with Aaron Rodgers going over there right better. now. Everything the Miami Dolphins are doing. Any update on what Aaron's up to? I know he got those rocks yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully some more... Uh, I did not talk to him, but I'm hoping someone showed him the clip, and I'm hoping he, he takes us up on our advice. There's a chance that I got a text message from somebody very close to the situation that said, you guys are absurd, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, can't, guy can't even buy some rocks. You know what I mean? Can't even do a thing. <laughs> yeah. I believe there's a full moon tonight, so it's big rock. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's, oh, how, that's how you energize oh. him, yeah. yeah Charge big, him up. Charge him up. Are you howling, too? I don't know. I've looked into the whole rock. Oh. 
Oh. Yeah. You have to for them to work. Yeah. I don't know what everybody else's house sounds like to other wolves, but I do know that the one half wolf, half dog thing that I was around, I howled. I have maybe the fucking hottest howl in the history of town. Hell yeah. Diablo, the half wolf dog, put what? his paws on my shoulders and wanted to fuck me. So <laughs> nice. I don't know what you guys got going on, but I know that my howl, that really gets the wolves Pretty going. Pretty good. Mating call, if you will. Don't love it. Sure. Amateur Bennett, one under. The amateurs. Yeah, dude, dude, birdie's the first hole. That's awesome. What Comes out and says. I believe he is um, the amateur. If you win the amateur, you play with the Masters champion. I believe he's playing with Scotty, if I am correct. Yes, he's in the Scotty group that teed off at 136 was there, uh, or 126. Not only full moon, I believe it's a pink moon as well. What? Oh, that's April 6th, oh, pink, pink moon, 1234. Okay. You got a fire moon in the middle of the day? What's that all about? How does that work? What's a buck moon? That's when a... <laughs> you know what that is. That's uh, you duck if you buck. Yeah, cry mob. And then get a fish the next one. You yeah, know what I mean? That'll be sweet. Mm -hmm. And sturgeon moon's real bright. Oh, yeah. If I do recall the last sturgeon moon we had, real bright. I don't know what 2.31 p.m. is going to look like. The blue moon, though. Wow. To see the blue moon. Yeah, once blue, in a blue moon. Blue moon. Yeah, that's every once in a blue moon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. What is a blue moon? I assume the amount of time in between them is a recorded amount of time. Has to be. Because it says once in a blue moon, so you would expect that. That's where the phrase comes from. A lot yeah. of time. Was it like four months? Is it four years? Three months? I thought it'd be like 10 years. If everyone says once in a blue moon. Yeah, but I mean, it just popped up. The first time we looked into some moons, it's popped up into. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, it is a second full moon in a calendar month. Mm. Okay. So yeah. how often does that happen? Do we know? Once every two and a half years. Two and a half years. All right, once in blue moon coming up. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. How about it, AJ? We got a blue cool. moon. So lucky. Everything's looking great for us now, huh? It is. I I bet on Scooty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, John Rom to win this thing. Thomas one under. John Rom goes double to start it and then uh -huh. gets hot for the rest of it. Hell yeah. And Scoot, how's he doing? After one? The birdie. One or no? Big question. The amateur dunk on him. Do you, you see the cabin that the amateurs all sleep in at least one night of the Masters tournament up there? Oh, yeah. That was sweet. Uh, they released yeah, don't they sleep up in the thing? It's like up in the clubhouse up top, right? Yeah, only uh, – I read into it. Only um, only one one night of the week they stay in there. It's just oh. like a tradition to kind of at this point, like just kind of keep it alive. Mm -hmm. From what I've heard, you know, Tiger, Phil, everybody has stayed in there, and it's still preserved the exact same way. It looks like it. The size, the bed, everything is the exact same, so they kind of keep it going. There's a nice bathroom in the back there. I don't know if you saw that yep. whole thing. Hell yeah. I bet you people blow that thing. Oh, oh my God. Reeks. Just the nerves, you know, after. Uh -huh. For sure. Playing Growing in up. there. But, yeah, they, I think they each sleep in there one night, so I think they're kind of alone, got the whole top of the place. Can they bring somebody with them? What if they have a spouse or a partner? From the pictures that I saw, I don't know if the bed's going to be big this enough to share. Master. This is the master. Yeah, I'm guessing no. I think it's a twin twin bed. Joining us now is a man who head has... Head to foot. What's that? You can sleep head to foot. But yeah, continue. I know we have a great guest. Or maybe they could just <laughs> soak the whole night. Yeah. Good. Just soak them. Soak Who's going to kick the bed, though? Well, I don't know if they're Mormon. Arnie? Did Arnie used to do that? Caddy. So Gary Player. 
Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary. It's part of his part workout. Of his workout. Yeah. Yeah. Joining us now is a man who I assume knows everything about the Masters as well because his brain is so damn large and he's a massive fan. He's also a massive fan of Bruce Springsteen. I've seen him going to battle on the internet in the name of Bruce Springsteen. It's been a beautiful thing to kind of watch unfold. His fandom and also everybody else that are massive Springsteen fans is he's selling out Madison Square Garden just every single night. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, former general manager, a author, a speaker, a emails news letter writer what? absolute stallion of a paisan michael lombardi yeah! thank you pat i appreciate it i, I know this if, if i won the masters i would never take the jacket off and my wardrobe would be centered around everything would match the green jacket i saw tom watson on today and he had like a blue shirt it didn't go like i, I wouldn't i would it would every shirt i had would go with the green i would never take the damn thing off yeah you would have ever. To, you would you would accessorize i don't know other than the current champion if you're allowed to take your jacket off the land off the are you i'd have a replica oh. i'd have a replica <laughs> all right that's smart lombo you big golf fan yeah, I love I love golf. I don't play golf. I worked for Al Davis. There were two things you couldn't do for Al Davis. You could not smoke a pipe or you could play golf. If you were in personnel, there's no way you had golf clubs in the back of your car or smoke a pipe. Don't ask me about the pipe. I don't understand it. But there was no golfing. There's like no golfing at all. Like yeah. So, no, I don't golf. But yeah. I love watching it. I love the whole ambiance of it. I love the, the, the Masters. I wish I, I would walk the course. I would love to do that with my two sons. But... Uh, I, I love it, but never do it. Okay, well, the Masters are obviously taking over the sports world. Also, massive news around the NFL. Cam Newton has come out and said that he'd be okay being a backup, and he listed off like 10 to 11 guys in the NFL that he'd be okay being a backup to and would back up. There's a couple of places where if the starter wasn't playing absolutely great, we don't think a conversation would revolve around Cam maybe jumping him. But other places where if the starter starts to struggle a little bit, the locker room, the fans, everybody's potentially going to be like, let's put Cam Newton in there because of the success that Cam Newton has had. I think it's a lot more difficult to be a backup quarterback or pick a backup quarterback that is good for the room than people think. Would you hire Cam Newton to be a backup quarterback if you were in some of these situations? And what are your thoughts on how you handle the entire personal human side of it all with the starting quarterback and the rest of the locker room? You know, I, I think I love Cam, and I've spent time around Cam. Cam is a dynamic leader. Cam's an alpha male. When he walks in the room, people are going to follow him. And so that becomes a challenge for the backup quarterback because he's going to create a following. But if I were in Baltimore and I was in this Lamar situation, knowing what I know about where this could end up or where it's going to go, I think I would sign Cam. Now, I understand his arm isn't what it once was, but his leadership, his ability to create a team atmosphere is so powerful. And you don't know if Lamar's going to sign his tender. You've got Tyler Huntley there. I think the one thing I would do with Cam and this is the most important, Pat, you guys, both you and AJ played, I would be dead honest with them. I'd say, look, if we sign you, we need you to do this, this, and this. We can't, we're not asking you to do that and be straightforward. That's all he wants. And he's right. I mean, look, there should be, he should be a backup. If he's willing to be a backup quarterback for a backup quarterback price, he should have a job. Got AJ. Lombo, if you say you're on a team and you were going to bring him in to be your backup, what are the specific things you would tell Cam that you needed him to be? I would I'd tell him, look, your ability to lead has to be more in the background. Help the guy become a better leader. We need you to coach the quarterback on the details. When I when I went to the 49ers in 1984, a long time ago, we had a we had a player named Jack Hacksaw Reynolds. 
and he wore number 64. And he used to have a box of pencils that he would take with him from one meeting to the next. And he showed Ronnie Lott, and Ronnie would remit this. And he showed Joe Montana, and he showed all those great players what preparation looks like, what it takes to be a great player. And that transformed the 49ers when they signed him, and, it, and that became part of their DNA. I would tell Cam that. I would say, Cam, I want you to really, really work hard at making this guy the leader that you are and focus more on him than the team and, and let him do that and show him what it takes because Cam's going to be the first guy in the building and he's going to be the last guy to leave. Show him what it takes to be a great player. I think also telling him, like, hey, you're allowed to go up to your wide receiver right now and say, hey, I need you 12 yards right here. Like, you're allowed to go in the NFL. You're allowed to do this. In the NFL, you're allowed to go say to the GM or the coach, hey, I don't want to run this play. I don't like this play. This is not a play that I like. Hey, I like this guy on the field with me. Like, those little things that veteran quarterbacks already know and have gone through and had to maybe do the learning bump and the learning curve, I think those are priceless pieces of information for young quarterbacks. Do you agree from a GM standpoint? Absolutely. I think, look, we have a hard problem understanding the difference between loyalty and devotion. People want you to be devoted to them and just tell you what you want to hear. That's not loyalty. Loyalty is saying what you need to say. And you need your best players, especially if they work the hardest. Now, if they're just going to come in and not work hard and have an opinion, that's not good. Yeah. But if they're putting the effort in, then you want to welcome their opinion. You need their feedback. Where are we going? What are we doing? How can we get better? What do we need to do to get better? And I think Cam puts his money where his mouth is. He works hard to earn that respect. Be who you can afford to be. We don't need people, you know, I've had a couple of those players-only meetings, and I assume AJ and Pac-Man would agree with this, where there's some people up there speaking, they're like, we need to start doing this. It's like, bro, we need you to not talk. <laughs> yeah. That's what, hey, we all you were know thinking. What it's like, Pat? It's you. like the kids that have Kobe's picture in the wall in their bedroom, right? And they think they want to be like Kobe. But then when you explain to them what Kobe does and who Kobe really is, that they don't even come close to that, then take the poster down. I mean, don't, you can't idolize. Take the goddamn poster down. You can't be Kobe if you're not willing to be here at four in the morning to work. You can't be Kobe if you're not willing to do everything possible. If you can't tell me the 10 things that Kobe believes in, then take the poster down. Everybody wants to be a lion until it comes time to do what lions have to do. You know, that's like the same thing with the Mamba mentality. Everybody wants to think that they have it. And then once they hear what it actually entails, they're like, I actually, I don't, have I, I, I do not have it. But then some people refuse to believe it. Like, well, I don't have to do it. I do it in my own way. It's like, there is no own way, bro. This is, this is how this shit goes. Not everybody has it. It sounds like Cam Newton could hopefully help some others along the way, which would be great for any organization. Pac-Man has a question for you, Lombo. Lombo, I got a, yep. two questions for you. My first question is, um, the Broncos let loose John Elway. Is that a sign of the big dog is in town now? Um, and my second question is, you did say Lamar. Um, Cam said a couple more teams. He did say Cleveland. Um, Justin Fields, who he said he had a relationship with. He also said uh, the Eagles. Um, which of these teams, besides Baltimore, do you think is a good fit? I don't think the Jets is a good well, the fit. First, the, fir the first question on, on John. John has been transitioning out of the organization for a while. When they hired George Payton, they kind of – John turned it over to him. So I think John ran his course in Denver, you know, won a Super Bowl with Von Miller, you know, brought a title to the town, what he said he was going to do. So I, I think he's been phased out. And with the new ownership and with, and with Sean having all the authority, there's really no room for a voice 
for John, and he doesn't have a relationship with the new owner, Greg Penner. He did with Pat Bolin when Bolin was alive and the Bolin family, but that's long since gone. So I, I think it was a natural progression. And John's probably at a point in his life where I've won a Super Bowl, I've played in Super Bowls, why not let me enjoy the fruits of my labor? I think any team that has a young quarterback that has a six-back attack like like Philadelphia, you know, or now Jalen Hurts doesn't need mentoring, but any team that has a quarterback that needs some mentoring, I think Cleveland would be a great spot for him because it would help Deshaun mentor him. And as Pat said, tell him what he needs to know and what he needs to do. I think Cam, I've been around Cam at the Patriots. Cam is dynamic, and you people gravitate towards him. And his work ethic, I think, is misunderstood. He works really hard. It's like people think Zeke Elliott, because he doesn't appear to be in great shape, it doesn't work. Zeke Elliott's a hard worker and a great leader. He may not have the same skill set that he once did, but his work habits help your locker room, and I think Cam's the same way. Lomba, what about uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? Where do you think he ends up? You know, I don't know what to make of this. To me, there's the perception and the reality. We haven't seen Odell play since a year ago. It's hard. And, you know, Odell's never been a 16, 17-game starter. I think you got to go back. The 35 touchdowns that he scored his first three years in the league were great, but we haven't seen that type of production. I think a lot of this, as you guys know, this is going to come down to how much money is guaranteed and what's the opportunity. Could it be the Jets? Baltimore certainly needs a receiver. They tried to sign Jacoby Myers. They didn't get him. They signed Aguilar on a very cheap contract. So it makes sense. But I think even though it's from a general manager standpoint, I know the name Odell Beckham resonates with everybody. But when you sign him, are you comfortable and sure he's back off of two ACLs and he can give you what you hope he can give? you that's the question yeah i think the workout out in arizona was hopefully going to answer a lot of those questions even odell at 80 percent, we'd assume is better than a lot of wide receivers that's what eli manning said literally just yesterday i'll be pumped to see who brings them in to hopefully boost their team go in a super bowl run it'll probably also be a team that he thinks could go yeah. on a run i'll be intrigued to hear who he thinks can do that maybe the jets maybe the jets tone has a question for you uh, lombo lombo be uh, going into the combine and after it bryce young was the favorite to go number Number one overall, and then the Panthers got the number one pick, and CJ Stroud jumped up to the heavy favorite to go number one overall. Now today, it's uh, even money for both of them, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, to go one overall. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I've been saying it's Bryce Young for the last month, and, and and look, there's one thing about the draft season that we have to be very careful about is there's perception, and then there's the tape. Right. And so the tape really is favors Bryce Young tremendously. Now, I'm fully aware there are not many 5'10", 5'11", quarterbacks that play in the league. But Bryce Young has that it factor. He's unique. His tape is better. If Bryce Young were 6'2", he'd be the first pick easy. If Bryce Young were 6'2", the Bears would have never traded the pick. So I think when they made the move to trade up to get number one, they knew they were taking Bryce Young. The rhetoric became, well, Frank Wright likes big quarterback. Look, in all respect to Frank Wright, this isn't going to be – this is David Tepper's decision. He owns the team. He gave away assets to move up there. He moved up there with the idea to get this unique player. We saw Jim Irsay say it at his press conference. You know, that kid from Alabama looks pretty good. This is not a hard decision. Bryce Young's the best player. I've been saying it for a month. I'm surprised the market's been so slow to react to it. I think that's really the case. I think the other one that I think the market has overinflated is on Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson's uniquely talented, uniquely talented. However, his game tape doesn't match his talent. 
And I think that anybody thinks he's going in the top three should be cautious because I don't think that's going to be the case. If you talk to teams, his talent doesn't match his tape. And you can't draft a guy that early if he's not ready to play right away. If the Colts picked him at four, he's going to have to sit out the year. The Colts are ready to go one and 15. I don't think so. So I think you have to be careful. I think there's last year at this time, Malik Willis was the top five quarterback. Remember that Malik Willis was going in the top five in every mock draft. Sometimes perception rules the day and that's not true. Well, Cam Newton would back up Malik Willis, who is not even the current starter for the Tennessee Titans. Maybe he knows something that we don't know. We would assume that Tannehill is going to get moved or something with a new GM and the cap hit, but uh, you're right. There is a bunch of bullshit being floated at this exact moment. You said you've been on Bryce Young for the last month, but you weren't initially, right? And the tape completely changed you. Yeah, and I think it's the best way to start in player value. I, like, I just oh, didn't yeah. believe 5'10 could play. I, I don't want to be a height snob, you know, but I come from the, the school you need height. But what Bryce Young has is the ability to work his arm and his feet together. And they're in unison. And he's got great rhythm to his play. And his instinct and his eyesight is all over the field. He really sees the game differently. And when you watch the tape, you see different. Like I watched, Like, I always have a perception of a player from TV – but you got to go back and watch it on tape. For example, Michael Meyer, the tight end from Notre Dame, I loved him on TV. Not so much in love with him on the tape when you watch it. Whoa! Because he's still a good player. Bengals is going to pick him. Player. But but I think he's. I, I think there's some areas where you're concerned about, like the Washington tight end from Georgia. You know, this is a kid everybody thinks is just a blocker, but when you watch him on tape, he jumps he more in the passing game. Yeah, and he jumps people. He's six foot seven too. I mean, that guy's six foot seven. That's a exactly. That's a one on one. Remember this, big guys. It's hard to judge big guys' quickness. Vince Lombardi said this years ago. It's hard to judge big guys' quickness. And so when you get a guy six seven, you don't see his quickness. You could never see Gronk's quickness, but it's there. And then the other thing is, when you're six seven, you're open even when you're covered. You're also going to take big shots, too. you got to hope yeah. that they remain healthy. I mean, that's just kind of what the tall body, especially in that position, is going to be. Darnell looks like he's a grown-ass man. Yeah. I can't wait to see who takes him. He's going to go earlier than anybody thinks, you think? I think so. I, I mean, because he can play on the line Y, and he can be the move guy. And so you get a player that can do more. I think he impacts the passing game more than he actually does in the run game. I think he's uniquely gifted. Now, you know, and, and his hands are somewhat inconsistent. But he has good hands. He can play well. Uh, it, it, you know, he's got to be more consistent catching the football. But I think he's unique. Ty Schmidt. Lombo, a lot's been made about the whole Jalen Carter not visiting any teams outside of the top 10. We had Drew Rosenhaus on yesterday, and he basically said, like, hey, listen, I've been doing this a long time, okay? I'm not going to go in there and, and set up my guy for failure. But as a former GM, how much of, like, the top 30 visits and all that kind of stuff, how much of that is bullshit and then at the end of the day, do you think like all his off the field stuff is kind of easier to just sweep away because of how talented uh, talented he is? And like when you were a GM, like how difficult is that situation where a guy's talent and his tape maybe jumps you know off the screen, but it's like oh we have some some very serious character issues here. Yeah, you know, I listened to Drew yesterday. I thought Drew was great. I think what he said about Lamar was true. I think if Lamar had an agent, it would be better. I do agree with what he said. Uh, and, and I think what he's trying to do is strengthen Carter's position in the top 10 by what he said. Now, if I called Drew up and I had a pick in the in the 17 or 18 and said, Drew, look, I'm going to trade up to five. I can make this deal. I need Carter to come in. He would let Carter come in. 
because he knows and trusts that you could do that. So a lot of these top 30s are some are really serious. Some are just to, for the perception. Some, you know, we got to get to know the guy because we might have to play against the player. So I think you have to separate what's real and what isn't real. I think Carter's the second best. I think Carter, I think it's Bryce Young and Carter in the draft. Carter's better to me than Will Anderson because he can dominate at, at three technique, five technique. What about his seven. pro day? What about that pro day? That worries you. I think the character, look, the biggest mistake, the, I go to, some nights I wake up in, in, in a cold sweat because of the Warren Sapp draft. We're sitting there in Cleveland, me and Belichick, and we have a chance to pick Warren, and there were misinformation about Warren coming out of the league office in terms of off the field. And I hadn't done enough homework, take full accountability, to really offset the rumors. And so we traded down, made a great trade down, made a bad pick, but made a great trade down, and Warren goes 12 overall to the Bucks and becomes a Hall of Fame player. That you can't have happen. So you've got to dig deep and get your own information. Can't have it. Lombo's <laughs> yeah. still waking yeah. up about it yeah. right now, still to this day worried about it. Connor just learned that Warren Sapp was potentially going to be a New England Patriot. Yeah, it's a massive bummer, Lombo, but they rebounded. With <laughs> now, we were at Cleveland, Connor. I'm sorry. Uh, we were okay. at Cleveland. He was going to be a Brown. He should have been a Brown. And we, oh. you know, we had all the time, but we didn't have the right information. It's nobody's fault but your own. And if you don't do the homework, like if you don't understand the Carter situation completely, that's your own fault. You got to dig deep on that. Damn. Well, who gives a shit about the Browns, Lombo? <laughs> if it was the Patriots, it would be a bigger deal. Speaking of, I just did this whole entire, you know, 10 minutes, sh- you know, fest, if you will, on why Matt Jones is the guy. Do you think this is his last prove a year, has to get it done? And how big of it is that is that he has Bill O'Brien now as an OC? Well, I think that's huge. But I think this whole notion that Belichick shopping him is ridiculous, right? So if I call you on the phone and say, hey, look, I'm, are you interested in trading for Joe, Joe whoever? You'd say, oh, maybe I am, maybe not. That's shopping. If you call me up and say, you know, I'm reading all this crap about Mac Jones. Bill, are you interested in moving him? That's not shopping. So I, I, Bill's too smart. If he picks up the phone and calls any team, he knows whoever he calls – to ask about Mac Jones, it's going to be in the paper the next day because everybody has their leaks to who they leak to. Everybody does. It's how the business works. So I, I think it's really a mischaracterization. I don't think they're trying to move them. I think they have to improve their scheme offensively. Their offensive line needs to get better. And I think Mac has to take responsibility for his own lack of leadership last year. He can't be demonstrative and show people that, you know, he's unhappy. He's got to buy in. He's got to be a better team leader than he was last year. I think they both have to work together because he was good as a rookie. He can be good again. I think he clear is the case that he has to assume responsibility, just like the Patriots have, by changing what they're doing offensively. We heard, uh, I don't know who reported it, that, he would ask a question to Matt Patricia or Joe Judge during the week. Hey, if this happens, what should we do? And they allegedly said, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And then it would come, obviously, and they would have no answer, and that's NFL football. Is there validity to that? And, like, how much should we, you know, really judge him being demonstrative when really he could have been in a a terrible situation, potentially, from the outside and maybe from the inside? You know, I, I don't dispute that was a bad, but I would say this to any young coach out there is when a player asks you a question, you have to be give them the right answer because you, the player will no longer listen to you if you can't. And then, and then you lose all respect. The player loses all respect for you. And it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 80. You've got to have an answer. When a player comes to you, that's what happens when you steal plays in the NFL. Hey, they're doing this. Let's run this. 
No, 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 you can't do that. Because if the play breaks down, you can't answer the player on why the play broke down. So I do think there's validity in that conversation because there lies the, the lack of trust. There goes the ability to really build that cohesive unit. So, But I think Mac has to do a better job of corralling the team and letting the team. Some of those plays, the 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 the, uh, the tackle, the tripping, you can't do that. that yeah. See, this is the NFL. That, that's important. Some dirty and, and shit. There's some dirty shit that, that everybody yeah, kind of sees. Yeah, you can't do that. And and your teammates see that. Yes. Like that just because you did you were on the same team doesn't make it right. I can see how he could be frustrated, though, with the situation potentially being the way it is. Clyde Christensen told us that whenever he was coaching for the Colts, obviously, his life was just basically trying to figure out what Peyton's going to ask him. So his phone was on at all times. Peyton's calling 2 a.m. He's going to have to have either an answer or say, hey, I'll get that right now, always being very transparent. That's That's the difference between the NFL and college in high school, which goes back to the point about a veteran quarterback being a backup saying, hey, you're allowed to say this. You're allowed to ask this. This is the different game. Hopefully, with Bill O'Brien back in there, that'll all kind of get settled. Pac-Man has a last question for you here, Lombo. Lombo, I heard you talk about tight ends. I want you to think about the Bengals because we are picking the tight end. And my question to you is, um, we had Kittle on the show the other day. He he talked about how he liked to smash the uh, safety when he come down. With the Bengals' offense, do we need a guy that can play in the box, that can smash a safety? Because I, I think we got a three-head monster. And you just said about the kid from Notre Dame, you said he sucked. Um, <laughs> you did kind of say that. No, I, I kind of said that. Player. I just had him – Pac, I had him rated too high. I think the key to being successful in the NFL is to substitute without substituting. Okay. That's why the Niners are so good. They can substitute without substitute. So they can make McCaffrey a running back. They can make him a receiver. They can make Kittle a receiver. They make Debo a running back. They can substitute without substitute. And since Cincinnati's always in 11 personnel, they need somebody that can block an edge and control the edge and still impact the passing game. I think it would be dynamic if they got someone like Washington who could do that because they're going to need to run the football because the one thing they have with Tyler Boyd, what people don't realize, a slot receiver – and you do, Pac, because yeah. you were playing. When you you got to be able to block the slot corner in the run game. If you want to run the ball weak side, you got to block the star. Yeah. So you got to have a big guy that can block the star. So with, if, if you don't have that, the Bengals do with Tyler Boyd. So I think it gives them an opportunity because if they're in 11 – the way they are, they could really with they could, with a tight end that can be effective in the passing game. They could be in ten too, yeah. and now you got to defend a one back run with nobody in the box. I think that becomes harder. That's the key to football: substitute without substitute. Have multi dimensional players so that the defense is always playing a play behind. Uh oh, they're in eleven. No, they're really in twelve. Right. Uh oh, they're in twelve, but they're really in ten. That's what you got to be able to do. That's why the Taysom Hill experiment with yeah. Sean Payton was so damn electrifying because defense are trying to figure out a le- they're holding up signs. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, we think there's two. Ah, <laughs> we don't know what the hell he's doing, and then you can't get the right personnel on the field, so you end up having to just be safe, pretty much, right? And then they know right. what you're doing, right? Right. When, when, when you got when AJ, even when AJ came in the league, everything was based on pers- Everything was based on down and distance. Right. First down, we're going to be here. Second, Damn. now it's all based on personnel groups. Yeah. So when you're looking at a linebacker in the draft, you ask yourself this question: Can he play against any personnel group? If he can't, if the answer is no, then his value goes down. 
If the answer is yes, his value goes up. It's down and distance doesn't matter. First down is third down. Third down is first. It doesn't matter. Hmm. you got to be able to stay on the field against personnel groupings. That's the game. Yeah, well, yeah. the game is also having a guy like Lombardi come on your show <laughs> and break it all down. We appreciate the hell out of you, pal. Yes. Enjoy oh, the, I love it, guys. Thanks. Enjoy the Masters. Who do you, th- who do you got winning? You bet anybody? You know, I like the Tom Kim guy. I, I think that, <laughs> uh, the, you know, the young kid. I, I'm going to go with a young guy. I like that guy. And I, I, I love the fact that, you know, I'm hoping that Roy McElroy can play and get through today. I like to see him win one. Okay. Brooks is currently, look out. Brooks yeah. Kepka, fresh off a of live championship last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. He's now. I sitting- like Brooks too. Yeah. How does he not win one? He wins all the majors. He's got to win this. Yeah, well, there's a chance. I mean, uh, he's up there. We'll keep our eyes to Augusta, Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. If you saw there while Ty was reading that glorious Seat Geek ad, you didn't see his toxic table compadre. Oh. No. Hell yeah. That's because his toxic table compadre is up there. In the skies of the Thunderdome at the golf simulator. He's pointing at the wrong camera. He believes the one to his left is the camera. It's actually the one dead center at the Thunderdome that's normally on a stage shot. There it is. Yeah! <laughs> I there it is. Connor's mic'd up up there. He is currently lined up right in front of Tiger Woods's Payne Valley 19th hole par three. Correct. Hey. Now, we don't have uh, access to Augusta National uh, Golf mm, Club. Mm-hmm. So this particular 19th hole bonus hole at Payne's Valley, Tiger Woods's course down there in Florida, I believe. Sure. Mon- it might be in like Missouri. Missouri. Where Missouri. Missouri. Okay, wow. there it is. Missouri. All Connor will have to do, AJ, is just put one ball on the green from 110 yards out, out of four. How do you feel about it, AJ? Ooh, is this an island green as well? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I think he's good. He honestly might put this first one, like, to 10 feet. I really think so. Okay. Connor, how do you feel? You've been warming up a little bit. We've been hearing the ball smack into that net. It looks pretty good. It sounded pretty good. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. I took a couple hacks, uh, and some hit the left side of the screen, so it didn't actually make it. But, you know, we're working through it. One out of four, I should be able to do that. We were using that front center camera. Now we're using the one directly behind you. Yep, there we go. So we were talking to your back, but we got to hear you perfectly. The hair is flowing fantastically. Uh Sweet. Ty has a couple words of encouragement here before you try to battle this 19th hole at Payne's Valley. Nice, good tempo, son. Okay, fucking stick this thing on the green. Let's go. You can do it. Tone Diggs, obviously an avid golfer yeah. and a good gambler. What do you have to tell Connor? Feel the breeze. Feel the sun. Listen to the birds. Feel the earth, the rotation, Coriolis effect. Take it all into effect and it's smooth swing. That's a lot. Boom. We got a pink moon tonight. It's a full moon. That's How great. will that affect this whole thing? We shall see. Pac-Man, you're an avid golfer. What do you have to say to Connor as he attempts a feat to win 10 people $500 at the 19th hole? Keep your head down, stud. Okay. All right. Sounds like you got more than enough information that you (laughs) would need. A lot of rotation. Hit that thing positive. Hit that thing solid. And get it on the green so that 10 people can win $500 on this Masters Thursday, April 6, 2023. Connor Campbell. 110 yards out. That's right. That's right. Doesn't like it. Immediately Uh, off. Has to get out of the way of the screen. Into... The drink. It's the Connor. furthest 20. I hit the ball the entire time. Are you shitting me? 120 well, yards. Up. Juiced up, man. Adrenaline's real. Okay. This never happened either. Now I'm on the green. <laughs> Put the testosterone test down, uh, Just You got to mulligan it, I think. You got to. Pick up ball. Uh, mulligan. 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 
Nice. There we go, and we're back. We First one didn't even happen. No. Nope. Now you just got to go one of three, Connor. We learned what you uh, right. what you did wrong. You pulled that one. one what club are you using? 120, pretty far. Uh, yeah, I'm using a pitch. So oh, yeah. uh, 120, not that far. Okay, so. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I mean, every single one I hit before that, uh, it didn't even go close to that far. So I don't know if I was blading all this or. Double check that distance. I think it might be only 98 yards. What? No, no, he Connor hit it 120. No, no, no. He, 110 is what the yardage they're oh, going I for, that. I believe. It should say on that top or bottom right corner. It should give you the yardage. 90. 90 yards. Boom. Good 90 Lord. Yards. Yeah. Have you, what are you talking about? That thing's been on the screen the whole time. You've been up there for 15 minutes. You just now saw the 90 yards thing? If, if Bruce tells me something, I take it as gospel. So I don't know what you want me to do. Bruce, yes. do you understand the power you have over this fucking yeah. doofus? Yeah, it might have been a discrepancy between the blue and blue and white tees, something like that. That's on me. That one's honestly on me. I can't be giving the guy the, the wrong yardage on his way Could up Could be the there. ball, too. Make sure you have a good ball selected up there. Well, we only have a couple balls. One of them has already been busted. They are not Titleist Pro Vs. I do not believe they're Bridgestones either. Uh, Connor, why don't you go ahead and put this 90-yard shot. <laughs> There's tape on my tape slide. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> What'd you do, Bruce? You're killing me. <laughs> All he's got to do is put one on the green here at Payne's Valley. 19th hole with Tiger Woods, of course. Oh, how's he like it? There it, it is. He likes it a lot. Just learn to the Wait. distance. Mm. We're good. Congratulations, Nice. We're all very proud of you. Obviously, it was an embarrassing fact that you did not know the proper distance, even though it was literally staring you right in the face every time you stepped into the sim. On this Masters Thursday, Boston Connor was able to win 10 people $500. All you got to do is retweet this tweet, say something nice to somebody, and put the most efficient way to pay you digitally. Tiger's picking it up. Back-to-back birdies. Wait, how many does he have on the day? Tiger's picking two. it up. Well, Only two. He needs four. He needs four. Is that a bet? That's a boost. Well, he might have more than two. He has two in a row, I know. Correct. Okay, well, nonetheless, Justin Thomas has a $500,000 camera on a tripod two feet behind yeah. him yeah. as he's in the middle of a fairway. Can you imagine? Carrying that thing around. Uh, what, or around. hitting with it right behind From what him. I've heard, it's a lot of this, too. Mm-hmm. A lot looks, of looks this. Like it. From yeah, what I heard. <laughs> from what they've seen on TV, it's a lot of this. A lot of it never stops. <laughs> From what I heard, no matter how hungover you are, it does not matter. Oh, no. How, like, that's what I've heard. At that least. one is pured. Imagine being that good of a golfer. Mm. Having the tiger heartbeat every time you shoot like it's PGA 2K. Justin Thomas rolls one off. Deep on the green. We'll have to settle for an 80-foot putt for birdie. That's Augusta. That's the Masters. Let's take some phone calls and let's get the fuck out of here. 10 people, 500 bucks. Way to go, Connor. Let's go. Hey, that was a good shot. That was a really good shot. Yeah, it was going. I wish I knew going into it it was 90 yards. So yeah, you're right. That's you should have. It was right little, there in little front. Little user error. Yeah, I don't yeah. look at the numbers. So I just hit the ball. That's not good golf. <laughs> no. Well, well, that's a pretty big part of golf. Because I'm, I'm working on the game. I'm just trying to get my swing down. Okay. What? All right. Hey, on this particular case, swing was down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, next time going forward, I know. Hey, let's see how far we are from the hole. How about how good of a golfer you are, though? That, I mean, that first swing I was happy about, too. Could have easily duffed four straight there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with an island hole like that. Not easy. Yep. Put one in the water, could have done that again. Could have let that one beat you. Could have had one bad shot True. turn into two, mm-hmm. which would have led to three, right. and then definitely four, mm-hmm. while we would have all been peppering. I mean, it would have been like, oh, this guy's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Where's yeah. Liv Golf for this guy? Right. You know, like that type of stuff is what we would have been saying. But no, you 
You fought through that. You're a mental warrior. Yeah, I bounced back. I didn't even see the water. That's the thing. I just see the hole. Well, it was a simulator. It was tough to count out. Yeah, it's true. It's virtual. Let's go to the front. Let's go to Jake in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania State College. What's going on, Jake? Hey, how's it going, Pat? Keep it going, Jake. Hell yeah. So, no hard feelings, but um, I'm a student at Penn State, and I know you went to Oregon rather than the whiteout this year. Yeah, I did. Why'd you make that? Yeah, it was your choice. Yeah, your decision. Fucking, I want to fly hell. five hours. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. I said, yeah. you know what? Take me to Oregon. I want to go up to where Belushi's growing tree. I want to go all the way up to Sky Ducks. I want to pay however much money that particular plane was. Mm. Now, great, it's getting reimbursed. But still, I want to do that instead of go to Happy Valley. So you caught me. You got me, Jake. We missed an electrifying atmosphere. I think West Virginia, though, plays at Penn State first week, Jake. Ooh, first week. Right. Yeah, and I remember a couple weeks ago you talking about that and already already saying West Virginia is going to go 0-1. I did not say that, Jake. You said that? No. No, no. No, no we did not say Pat, that. You said Pat that? Pat said that we Pat, have money and we're, we're doing Pat, better. I heard Pat. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jake. Jake, come on. What year are you up there at Penn State? I'm a freshman. What's your, your parents went to Penn State? Yeah, both of my parents. And then your father's father also went to Penn State? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Oh, just one first generation. Okay, okay. that's uh, yeah. second generation. I mean, uh, you're in there. What did you think about the whole situation that happened with Penn State? I feel like you guys have bounced back, though. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good with our new quarterback coming in, Drew Allard, he was, dog. They he was three years old. Dog. All those guys. Parents, we got yeah. a young team, but I feel strong. Appreciate you, Jake. Have a great college uh, experience up mm-hmm. there at Penn State, pal. Oh, yeah. He might not even know about the history of Penn State. Oh, he definitely knows. does. Everyone knows. If his parents – like, that's – in, it's very culty. It was a very easy question to ask. Like, oh, your parents went? Yes. Like, that is that's kind of how Penn State is. I, is that how every state school is? I don't know. I feel a like that's of, big Penn State. A lot, I feel it. Yeah, definitely. A lot of Big Ten schools. I feel. Is that Ohio State like that? Not that I know of, no. Hmm. So, yes. For real. Yeah. That's a dodge for Too me. hard to get in now, man. Oh, Too hard. Oh, yeah. You guys got 50,000 students or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, Super I know. They all have unbelievable test scores and have 7,000 extracurricular activities. Like, you have to do everything now to get in. Oh, really? Ohio State, like, diploma, big deal. Means something. Yeah, it used to be, like, it, back in the day, it used to be like, oh, if you're from Ohio, yeah, you can go to Ohio State. Now, it is absolutely not the case. Oh, Ohio State kind of turns back on Ohio? Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, we know the new Ohio. Is that State. what happened? It's all, it's all money. Everything's money. It's you know. a lot, Waxy. Speaking of money, West Virginia's got a bunch of it now, so good luck. Yeah, <laughs> look out. Why don't you guys just let us join the Big Ten? I think you guys should be in the Big Ten. I really do. Why don't you write a letter? Or the ACC. Those okay. would make I'll send, an, I'll send a note to General Bob. ACC oh. I would much rather us go to the Big Ten than the ACC, but the ACC would be better, I think. Nah, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in the ACC. Better no, football chance. conference. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think Big yeah. Ten, we're in there. We're on TV right. a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to push yep. more in trips much quicker, much more efficient. I wonder why that didn't happen. I think you guys didn't want us. I think Big Ten didn't want West Virginia. Hmm. Why would they not? It, it all has to do with whatever, bringing in new fan bases. That's, all, that's the only reason you bring teams in. No, getting back to the ACC, let's make the backyard brawl mean something again. Yeah, Sweet. but the ACC, like, I, I, I respect the ACC, like, for what it has built. But don't you automatically just think basketball? Yeah. Clemson's won. Like, listen, Clemson's done their thing. I understand that North Carolina has a guy who's going to be number two or number right. one overall pick next year with Drake May. And I have respect for what uh, the head coach presented by Chris Bickle, class of 1993, Narduzzi, 97, and Pitt has been able to accomplish with Kenny Pickett. Like, I do respect the ACC and what they've been able to accomplish. But my immediate thought is just like, that's a basketball. Here's ball. the problem. Yeah. That's Here's a- the problem. They're – they're too 
oldest kind of football schools, Virginia Tech and Miami, have fallen off so much that you don't even like think about them anymore. Like Clemson, you view as like its own institution. Yeah. yeah, like you almost view Clemson as an SEC school that's not in the SEC. Yes, right? With, yeah. and then Florida State, they're. True, right. and, and Virginia Tech, Florida State, Miami. Like, if those programs were still what they were, then yeah, football would be, be different. Much. Yeah, WVU elevates it though. Football, I mean, are we sure? Hopefully, yeah. I mean, we got money now. Yeah, yeah. true. Coach Blaine Stewart's down there too. Uh-huh. Things now, huh? Don't count. Don't count us out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Especially we got a Big Ten. That's yeah, why you guys yeah, don't you want us. Easy schedule too, right? We went over their schedule. You guys have a cakewalk. Yeah. Yeah, the big and we only have like four hour flights every single game. That's, right. that's away yeah, too. That's, that's easy. That's, that's easy. nothing. That is yeah. not even. Uh, okay. Not even, it's like we're fucking Hawaii. All what is the closest? We're the University of Hawaii. Yeah. What is the closest? Kansas. <sighs> Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Yeah, yeah, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's right. Kansas, Texas. Those are long flights. Long Jordan? flights, dude. Yeah, since you joined the Big 12? Now. Thank God. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cincy. Over this year. It's a long way, though. Kansas, Kansas State, that's yeah, fucking way out there. I mean, it's not way out there if you're already way out there. But if you're fucking in West Virginia, yeah. that is way out there. Let alone you got to drive like 45 minutes from Morgantown to get to the airport. So just add on another hour mm-hmm. on the travel. It's like that's every away game. That's not – think about the basketball teams that have to do that. I mean, that's every sport. That's not just the football team has to do it. That's a, a whole song and dance. Joining us now is a man that could potentially get West Virginia into the Big Ten. This man saved football. He's a general. He's a stud. <laughs> Bob Carpenter. Yeah, Bob. General, how you doing? Doing good, man. Just having a beer, enjoying a uh, wonderful day. We appreciate you doing that. Is that your house right there? You got that big cabin in the back, the big barn? I wish, man. I'm up in, uh, like, northeastern Ohio, probably not all that far from about the West Virginia line, Pat. So, I mean, I can sympathize with you. Okay, so let's talk about this. Big Ten is obviously bringing in who? USC, UCLA, other, other schools like that. West Virginia, if West Virginia wanted to come into the Big Ten, do you think that's going to be feasible in the future? And also, would that be something that you, as the general who saved football and saved Big Ten football, something that you would want? So, I mean, I took a visit to West Virginia, Pat. I loved it out there. Um, number one, I think, we look at the Big Ten, like, they, they care a lot about academics. And I don't know how you got in there, but West Virginia is supposed to be a pretty good academic institution. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, they mm-hmm. they can't say that up. I mean, Very good. There was a lot of people from the East Coast that would travel in. We had cousins from Washington that went there. So I think that checks the box. Yeah. They've got good football. You know, the regionality, it's a much better fit for the Big Ten than the Big 12. Here's the one thing. I just don't know if they're going to say it justifies enough dollars mm. for media. That's what everything drives. So, oh. I mean, if they can get a sponsorship, you know, from the Pat McAfee show and get some juice flowing through there, I think that might get it done. All right, General. We appreciate the hell out of you. Enjoy your beer, pal. Yeah, boy. You're the man. Thank You're the you. man. All right, so there you have it. We're basically in. I don't know about <laughs> the academic <laughs> thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I might, Maybe. I might have went to a different school, which I definitely did. Might have changed. And it might have changed a little bit. I know people that they we got good physical. Th- they we got, went to high school with it. Well, there's like an 80% dropout rate. At least there was mm-hmm. after your first semester because you get down there and it's just like so much opportunity. Party, party. Every night we got $2 drinks yes. all your life. Party, party. So there's like an 80% dropout rate, I do believe, your first semester. Like I think that is an actual stat. Yeah. It was back I mean, in- that's pretty high. <laughs> a little bit. 
80 yeah. percent really. yeah a lot of people's parents i think say like i'm not paying for you to do this right. yeah. i knew i was out after the first semester now i lasted the whole first year but i knew after the first semester i was i i, I can't do this this won't last yeah i mean there's a lot of people paying a lot of money and there's future debt on the line and a lot of people going you got you you have six classes you have seven f's How, <laughs> what, what are you why are we why are we doing it? Well, what do you want me to do? I mean, trying. Penny pitchers on Wednesday. What? what? Drink till you drown on Thursday. What? And then five's all you need Friday. I'm what? Like, what are you? What am I supposed to do? Classes yeah, in when, there? When WVU win on Saturday, what? drink all you could drink, free cake. And <laughs> and then on uh, Sunday, you're still celebrating what happened on Saturday. And then. I guess Monday we can take a break, but how many classes can I put on Monday? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know because right as soon as you get back in there Tuesday, we're right back that's in. Right, it. Right. Yeah, that's not even as you've mentioned before. All the house parties in between. Golly, it was a good time. Did they so stop all fun. that? No. How can they? I think they demolished one part of the city. To be honest, like I <laughs> Just knock it down. They actually Is did turning corporate. A lot of a lot of campuses are turning like pretty corporate. So, like, one of the houses, I lived on uh, McLean over there by Grant. Street, you talking about where the frat houses is? No, no. Yeah. So, over in, um, like, where the dorms are, that area, what's that called? Yeah. So, you drive from dorms to downtown. Right. That area right there. Mutz used to be there. Uh, it used to be where the stadium was. That's actually the original place where the stadium was. Grant Street's there. McLean's there. It used to be massive house party area. Heritage. They, I don't remember Heritage. what the, yes. I should know what it is. They took it all down, though. Bulldozed yeah. all the houses pretty much. Damn. Put a couple parking garages in there, oh, yeah. apartment complexes mm -hmm. in there. Everything's brand new. That's, yeah, they took that entire area out there. So I wonder if it's still like, is it still as heavily? Pat, they still go. There, Pat, go they are still going hard. All right, congratulations. Let's Shout go. Out to West. There you go. Still some old school. Hell yeah. Still got to figure it out over there. I thought they lost their edge. You know what I mean? I didn't know. That happened. Because I was watching a football team, and I'm like, seems like this team kind of lost their edge a little bit. Yeah. So I just kind of associated that with the entire town. I guess I shouldn't be doing that. We're going to get it back. We're Hell yeah, we are. Let's go. I hope. This is the year. Because if not, man. Hey. Everybody don't get to do what Ohio State do, AJ. What's that? I'm telling. I said this year. You, you guys have yeah. money. You guys, you say you guys yeah. have money. We're what does what what Ohio State get to do every year, Pac? Everybody. What everybody. Cheeks? Yep. Smacking cheeks. I bet. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> Bopping. They're paying everybody, AJ. Just yeah. that's how they get the number five overall pick. Yep. To the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. How they got it. Out of Centerville, Ohio. <laughs> they pay you. You boys want some tattoos. Quarterback. Yeah, definitely <laughs> tattoos. How many tats did you get? You got free tat. That finger tat was uh the yeah. other mm -hmm. <laughs> that came after that came after college. But you tell you what, Jim Trestle gets caught up in that, you kidding me? Like and he has to he gets booted because of that whole situation. Like, come on now. Uh -oh. That was crazy to think, though, that guys were selling stuff that they owned in return for some sort of monetary value, the beginning of kind of transactional stuff. And then, yep, can't do it. Get out of here. It's like, that's the worst thing really? that's happened <laughs> that, yeah. at that program. And that's what he gets. Look at Mangled. He knows what he's looking at yeah. there. Look at him. You and me both, Fiesta Bowl champs, pal, huh? Why? How about it? There we go. It's we a great should... place. I love playing out there. I love Arizona. How many games, How many times did you play out there? Three. Three out of my four bowl games. Damn. It was a great bowl game. It's great. Arizona's the fucking best. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great yeah, state. It's nice. Pretty nice. Did you go to Bose? Did you go to Chef Bose? 
Uh, no, I did not go to Chef Bo's. I, I wasn't aware of him at the time. Well, what's your problem? Figure oh, it out. Read a book. <laughs> you were there three years in a row, didn't go to Chef Bo's once? Yeah. You fucking did it wrong. Let's go to Zetch in Indianapolis right here on the 500 you found that. What's going on, Zetch? And is that your name? How are you doing, boys? Hey, keep it keep moving, moving fellow. Is that your name, Zetch? Yeah, it's short for Zechariah, like the book in the Bible. Sweet. Hell yeah. God bless you. Hell yeah. Zetch, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so I uh, was thinking about the young boys coming in this class at quarterback and how Patrick Mahomes didn't know how to read defenses until about two and a half years into the league. And so I was thinking, who in this draft class do you think has the athleticism and would be in the right spot for scheme to be able to succeed early and then develop into a really good quarterback? Zach, that's a great question. I mean, that's a top-tier, top-of-the-line question that everybody's trying to figure out at this Mm. moment. Uh, Patrick Mahomes said that on the shop, I believe, with LeBron James. He said it wasn't until about halfway through this past year he just won a Super Bowl or an MVP. I don't remember. Might have lost in a Super Bowl, won an MVP. He said that it wasn't until like midway through this season that I started understanding what defenses were doing. Pac, do you know when a quarterback starts understanding what the fuck you guys are doing? Are you trying to take advantage of those that you know don't have a clue of what the defense is showing, like the younger quarterbacks? Yeah, you definitely know. You you can tell because they can't pick up the disguise. And normally when you get the younger guys, you mug the A-gaps and let them guess who coming. So they don't know who coming. Everything looked the same. It looked like an all-out blitz. And you're playing cover two, cover three, cover four, man under. And sometimes you are playing all-out blitz out of it. And you can f- kind of figure it out from there. Do he know what the fuck he's doing or not? The quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. That's a real deal because you can tell as soon as they see, as soon as you see something like, you know, and we all see quarterbacks do it, and it's a lot of fun, and it's like, are they really saying anything at that moment? They say, hey, mm-hmm. you, they call it the mic. But mm-hmm. then you also see them point at somebody else. That tells the defense, too, I'd assume, that he at least has a clue of what's potentially happening. Yeah. But sometimes you can be wrong. Even the vets are wrong at some points. But it is nice, I assume, to play on the defensive side of the ball when you're looking in the eyes of a quarterback that's seeing ghosts, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, and that's the thing. Anytime you're like in your Wednesday morning install meeting, if you're playing – a young quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback, like that's the first thing you talk about. Hey, let's make this dude uncomfortable. Let's yeah. make sure we're disguising pre-snap, like like uh, Pac said, double A gap muggers all the time. Keep him confused. Keep the O lineman confused, and then hey, prove to us that you are a guy. That's what you're trying to do. Allegedly, Bryce Young, yes, has big time brain. Allegedly, that's mm-hmm. what's being mm-hmm. leaked accidentally via Daniel Jeremiah. Kind of confirmed on the program the other day. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody that is at the top of this particular quarterback class, they're saying has good brain activity and good brain function. Yeah, Yeah, it feels like a lot of those guys coming out of college now just know schemes and defenses. Maybe not last year, but at least this year. Didn't Hendon Hooker say he's been watching NFL film for like two years or something like that? Yeah. That's a big deal, I think. They're coming in. Like guys are coming into college. Some of them learn from prepared. video games too, AJ. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> they put You're playing right. Madden. They put in claws in video games that you need to watch yeah. more film than. What you know, uh, play Ooh. video. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you're talking about right. okay. Right. Just everybody okay. can read covers. No, everybody can't. Yeah, that's true. Like that is. Um, I mean, has anyone done that where they've taken their for like a a pro game they put their playbook in the game so hey your players can get, get your real calls not about yeah, they, they should the think Arizona about doing that in Arizona yeah that's what I'm yeah, saying I think I they, thought just, they did how about the <laughs> pew, 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 shots 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 guys what if he's like all right boys here's the deal here's the link we're all in there live tonight Kyler's gonna play with our offense for this week 
kind of if anybody has any questions, let's kind of get them all out there. If you're a good player, you want to play as yourself, we'll sub you in, we'll sub you out, uh-huh. get some reps. But we're here to kind of support Kyler and learn the offense together. Not a bad nah, idea. You know, smart couldn't hurt, right? Why not oh. try it? Why are you laughing? What's your deal? That's a real. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm just saying. What are you saying? <laughs> Everybody can't read coverage. Brett Favre, Kyler Murray cannot. Yeah, Brett Favre allegedly. Okay? I don't know about that, but I, I know. No, Brett Favre yeah, allegedly. Real. Okay, heard the story from numerous people, including Brett Favre's mouth, but still, allegedly. allegedly. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know what the fucking nickel defense was no. until like years and years and years into his career. And then he finally asked somebody, like, they keep signing nickel. Like, what is that? They take one linebacker out, they add another uh, corner in there. That's it. That's all? Yeah. Okay. And then he just watch kept this. Yeah, watch me go <laughs> sling this thing. Yeah. It's like, but now it's a different level of football. You yeah, know, like at this level, you have chess. to. There's so much shit going on. And the amount of time that it requires to learn all that stuff is vast. So for a guy to have a, a head start with how smart he is, is a big deal. That's why I think they're trying to figure that out through this whole thing. Pat, you yep. talked about before when Andrew Luck came in, obviously a big yeah. brain guy, but like he was the example of it because you said he comes in, he's making checks at like mini camps and OTAs and stuff that weren't even installed yet. Yeah, because he wasn't there with us because he was finishing his uh, architectural engineering degree. Nice. Smart guy. From Stanford. Yeah. Smart because yeah. he's oh, using it, bro. Right? dumb. So he gets the iPad. I don't know. He's probably building something right now. He gets the iPad playbook while OTAs are happening with everybody else. And he has photographic memory. He he just, okay, I got to learn how to build this fucking building for my Mm -hmm. final. And then at night while I'm taking a dump, I'm just going to boom, 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 memorize the Indianapolis Colts offensive playbook that Bruce Arians hadn't started at the moment. So his first day, after like three weeks of missing OTAs, his first day there, he makes a check to something, and Bruce Arians has to stop the entire thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are not there yet, pal. Like, that is not the thing. We weren't installing that probably for another three, four weeks or whatever. No. So Andrew already had it kind of figured out. Now, reading defenses, that's a whole different game. I think it takes a lot of reps and disguises, and some people can do it. Some people can't. Those who can tend to win. Let's go to Darren in Las Vegas on the five. Holy shit. Darren's a child? He's in some shit right now. Darren? (laughs) Sorry, man. um, I'll I'll try to keep it moving real quick. Um, I got a comment about uh, the Lamar Jackson uh, situation. Okay. Cat. And uh, I think it was a human. Just reminds me of like the office, the office episode where Michael Scott's trying to negotiate for his contract or uh, his raise. Why can't? Why can't? Why? Why? Why can't? To the both sides, just reach like a middle ground where they can't guarantee him. Uh, the contract, but to say one team goes up to him and say, we'll give you a contract for $300 million or 250 mm-hmm. but we'll only guarantee 240 or 235 Deal. I think it's Why aren't they doing it? Hey, Darren, listen. Good put idea. the baby down and fucking fly out to Miami. <laughs> Let's figure it out. Have a good one, brother. We appreciate you. All right, I think Darren probably meant something else. He just worded it wrong at the yeah. moment. He's got a lot going on. His, his, brain, back there? his, brain, was, his brain was yeah. on the phone, but it wasn't on the phone. Yeah, his mouth was on the phone. His brain was somewhere oh, else. That's right. But, yeah, that, idea, I, I think that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You would think. You would <laughs> yeah. hope they're trying to find some sort of middle ground. What if DeCosta yeah. actually was listening, and all of a sudden, holy, shit. holy fuck. Like- <laughs> 
That's what we should do. Call Lamar right now. Give him more. Drew Rosenhaus made quite a pitch yesterday. He did. He did. That's I, why he came on the show. We kind of got used a little bit yesterday. That's all right. We got a great, great pitch. Got a great conversation out of it. It wasn't until he started talking that I realized, oh, this is. Oh, okay. Oh, this is. Uh, I understand. It's a, pitch what, to, it's a pitch to any future younger people, too, that may be watching that need an agent. Hey, listen, this is what I do. I know everybody could do this. Mm-hmm. AFC Central. Got one of my clients out of here. You know, one, another one of our. I'm looking out for my client. You think I never did a draft before? Yeah. That was a moment. When you're talking about college and high school, like, yeah, we can't, you know, we can't sign guys in Florida yet. I don't know why. That should why be. Yeah. Why you ain't opening up and said that he was your agent? Who, Drew? Yeah. Because we didn't really do any business together. You know what I mean? Like, we never really did any business. We knew each other, talked to each other, but I wasn't in the middle of a business, anything, whenever we were together. But I, I enjoy talking to him. I enjoy learning. I try yeah. to pick his brain as much as possible. It's crazy how much business he's done, too. Th- 35 years of experience. Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. $7 billion worth of negotiations. He's got yeah, that good. quarterback. Uh, he has, like, that QB recall. Like, he can recall all kinds of stuff. Pack obviously talk, made him talk about the GMs. I think he can do that with, like, a billion players, too. Well, he also talked about um, – he brought up Darren Waller's podcast. Mm-hmm. and when yep. he does all, It's like yep. he, has so a lot of, he has a lot of players that he has to – if he doesn't say that, they, yep. He knows that he could potentially offend somebody. Yeah. So he know. always has to be on and working. You know, he was a great asset whenever it came to like learning about could, the business. You could tell how long he's been doing it because he was referred to the AFC North as the AFC Central, which was a great division, but not there anymore. Which also might have been a tactic for him so he could sure. say, Oh, sue me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I came into the NFL, that's what it was. It's just like another little babyface move. Last call here. Let's go to Nick in Kansas, a place that has a couple Big 12 schools really fucking far away from West Virginia. But beautiful state. What's going on, Nick? Ah, fuck all those other Kansas schools. Hell yeah. Which one's yours? Rock Chalk? Oh, Ohio State, man, all the way. Oh, wow. Wow. AJ, you feel good about it? I hope you're happy. This guy just got really upset in Kansas. That's a great question. What do you want to talk about, Nick? Uh, First and foremost, I just wanted to say congrats to everybody in the office on all the marriages and the kids here recently. Thank you. Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Uh, Secondly, uh, my question for AJ, Pat, and Pac-Man is, what was that first moment your rookie year where you were like, holy shit, I'm I'm punting to Devin Hester, or I'm like lining up against Ray Lewis, or like uh, all your fucking Eddie George, or whoever? Yeah, you. Uh, for me, it was just the first time I've seen Robert Mathis jumping rope in the weight room. <laughs> that was the week after I got drafted, did a tour of the facility, and I saw Robert Mathis jumping rope, and I said, okay, well, that's a fucking grown-ass. <laughs> yeah. That's a he had brands all over him. Obviously, he's a Q dog, and you know they. I don't know if it's like the thicker they are, the brand that means the longer that it was probably Hell. on. This thing seemed to poke out of his fucking <laughs> arm and hit him in the ear whenever he went down, and then his calves both had him. I'm like, this dude's a fucking dog no. here, and he was, and that was like my all right, I got to be an adult here. But I didn't really know what I was doing punting-wise. So every game was a shit show between me and the ball. So I couldn't even really think about who I was kicking to. How about you, Pac? Was there any welcome to the NFL moments at corner? I think um, you said... Uh, Randy. Randy Moss. Randy, yeah. Yeah. I need help. Yeah, that was my welcome. Um, but besides that, like I would say T.O. too because I played T.O. my second year. But no, nah, I, I never thought about the game like that. Oh, you know, welcome to the NFL. Fuck you. I earned to be here. I was the top pick. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Randy, though, was just a different thing. Was yeah, like- Randy was a different guy. Him and T.O. too. Like, once Randy got going, like, first after them first five steps, bro, you need help. 
Yeah. Regardless of who you are, you need help. You need a guy over top. <laughs> if you want to win the game, double Randy. <laughs> AJ, what are your what about you? Did anybody hit you right in your cranium and you said, Oh, that's a heavy bet. Oh. that's a heavy head that wow. guy's got? Yeah, my I mean, I don't have like one specific moment, but I definitely remember like my first training camp getting in there and day one back in the day, there's no ramp up period. It's full pads two a days from day one from the jump three hours each practice killing each other but Nobody william did. henderson was a fullback bonta leach another fullback two Ooh. absolute monsters on the team like my first day there and they're running lead at me day one two seconds after i strapped my helmet on so yeah that's how'd you, you do how'd you do i did all right i feel like i you know i felt good you know, get a couple pops in like here we go all right these guys both have very heavy hits did you, <laughs> did you uh earn the respect of the team you think that you knew that was a moment that you had to have too right that's a big deal I mean, for I, you. it felt good to get up there and get like take on your first lead or whatever from these guys you've been watching on tv yeah like it's yeah how'd you do honestly i did all right i was fine yeah like i didn't get killed and i, I came out like all right cool like after the practice is over you're, you're good to go Talked about it that night in the dorm. You're like, yeah, no. I mean, I had Leach Ray running right yeah, his face no, right through my face. No. I would never, no. Did he, he, I mean, if you, you, I don't know if you know Vonta Leach. That guy's head is gigantic, and he annihilated people. And you, first day of practice, yeah. he was also, he was obviously trying you, I assume, yeah? This guy wanted to find out? I mean, we're just, you know, it's like inside run. So, yeah, everybody's trying. Five, to, number five overall? Yeah, number right. five overall? Ohio State. Yeah, that was practice. <laughs> Big Mike's first year. He, okay. Yeah, Big Mike's first year. We came in, we were banging day one, and we did not let up ever. See, I thought he was going to say my welcome to the NFL moments when we played the Eagles and I was on the sideline and I realized I wasn't fast enough to cover guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> healthy scratch. Yeah, that's what right. I thought he was going to say. So. I forgot. No healthy scratches in football that I know of. But Well, well there's one the I can think of right, right now. now off the top of my head. That was you got to be not dressed for that to happen, I believe. Oh, oh you were? We considered a scratch. You yeah. were dressed? course so available oh, so, no no because that affects stats wise like there was a game vinatieri was dressed but he never stepped foot on the field and he had like so no credit he had a consecutive scoring streak oh. for games and then we got blanked by somebody i think Damn. it was like st louis yeah it was like st louis i think it was st louis i'm not a i don't remember exactly who it was and there was like real conversation, like in going into the fourth quarter, like, did we just ruin like one of the worst streaks of all time with Vinny? And the answer came back that if he never stepped foot on the field, the game doesn't, doesn't really count. nice doesn't didn't even count as him playing. Oh. Even though he was dressed, he never stepped foot on the field. And we were never in a position to put him on the field for the rest of the game. But that was like something stats I think would show that that was uh So if you don't punt a ball, like say you're a punter and you don't you have one of those games where you don't punt. Or is that considered a, a game for you or not? So I kicked off, so I would always have one. But yes, that is, and I held. But I know Morstead would happen, right? He'd take a picture next to Drew if he didn't punt. That yeah, would happen sometimes. But he held, I think. At this point, he would, oh. he would hold. So he'd be out there for the, the holding play. So at least step foot on the field. Got like it. Vinny didn't even – he put pads on, got a full paycheck – didn't even didn't even put his helmet on. Didn't even step <laughs> yeah. foot onto the field. That's how bad we got killed. And they were like, we not only did we just get fucking killed, we also just ruined a streak that's gone for like 16 years or oh. something. Like it was it was a Damn. it was a wild thing. So they had to check all the. Well, he didn't really go on the field, so he didn't technically play. Doesn't count. He was just in costume on the sideline. <laughs> it's like wow, wild thing that mm -hmm. happened for you with the Eagles. Yeah, that's cool. Just didn't even get a chance. Sure. Yeah, sure. Good did, for you, man. Did you not play one down? Not special teams, nothing. No, I played. Oh, 
Not enough, though. Didn't have the juice. So not definitely not enough. Yeah, definitely not enough. But, yeah, I got out there. Guy got benched. That's a shame. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, AJ, we love you. We'll never bench you from this program. No. Hell no. No matter who we're playing. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No matter when we're on. What? I, no matter I how fast. Ty and Diggs had something. What did he say? Oh, mine would have just been when uh, fucking Allstop turned your teeth into dust early in your <laughs> career. I assume, you know, old NFC Central, same deal. I assume you had a couple of those. Diggs, you had an idea of when AJ's welcome to the NFL moment was? No, I meant you guys. You said Diggs, Connor, and Ty all had a special thing today. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, they were going to do the golf thing, but we did it. Oh, Connor yeah, stuck. Connor, Connor did it. Connor did it. We did it. Oh. Everybody else. You, had, you know you didn't need backup for Con. You didn't think you could hit it in five shots? Payne's Valley, 19th hole. Yeah. Green. I mean, that's a bonus hole, pal. Not everybody's just fun. You know why it's a bonus hole? Because they don't want to count it for the actual card because it would ruin everybody's day. I kind of cheated, though, because mm-hmm. normally people were hammered by that point. Yeah, yeah, well, nine. my first ball almost, you know, hit the basketball court. So I did have to rally a little. That, but that happens up there at that sim. Like, oh, yeah. You can get into a groove of not hitting well on that sim. I thought that was going to happen to Connor, especially after that first one. And he didn't even know the yardages. What are we doing? I mean, someone tells me while I'm walking up there, hey, it's 120 yards to the pin. Okay, I'm grabbing the pitch, and I'll see you at the hole. <laughs> I said 110, so you didn't even remember okay. what I said. Well, I have my ears in. Does Bruce still swing like that? Bruce is a good golfer. No, I, I can on on demand, but I, I retired <laughs> that, that swing. That You're on to another swing. swing. Yeah, just another a, swing change. Just a normal swing. He's back, to the, back to the first one. He's got an MTO mm. swing, uh, made to order, whatever you want. Okay. He can do. Mm-hmm. This guy's hitting it out there, spraying the field. Uh, Pac-Man, incredible week, pal. Attaboy, Pac-Man. Same to you guys, brother. We appreciate you. Tone Diggs, what a, what a start so far. Hammer Done. is in 10 minutes yep. or so. What are you guys talking about? Masters? A lot of prop talks got on Masters. Masters. We got MLB, NHL's wrapping up, NBA's wrapping up. Gumpy will have yeah. some footy. We'll have it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of winners. A lot of winners. Big, big time for the NHL right now because the Boston Bruins are going for the uh, single-season all-time win record. So, everyone, you know, tune in tonight. They're still a couple games away, right? Three games away, five left. First one's at home tonight. So tonight does not matter. Nope. Tonight's a huge deal. Okay, so don't watch it tonight because it doesn't matter. In a couple games, though, there might be a big-time game. Definitely will be a big-time game. Could be, unless you guys just lose yeah, it. Nah, that wouldn't make any sense. Could? Nope. Nope, not this year. 60-11. and 11. Ty, great work this week. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Ty. Week. Let's, wrap it up. let's wrap it up in a big way tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, man. You too, Connor. Hey, let's go. Hey, you guys in the back, great work, all right? Great work. Great uh, work today, Pat. AJ, fantastic stuff out of you today, AJ. You missed Chris Solly Solomon. He was great. Michael Lombardi stopped Why? by. We had a hell of a day. A couple calls on the 5 Energy phone line. A good golf shot. The Masters is happening. Life is good. Be your friend. Tell a friend something nice. We're going to Chef Bo's. Goodbye. <laughs>